Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from the entire of Court of Thorns and Roses series and the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass, from Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout, Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Mascalo, City of Bones by Cassandra Clare, and Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin, and the Vampire Diaries television show, with references to Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, Serpent and Dove by Shelby Mahurin, and The Witcher television show. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> Hanging in there. Hanging in there. It's been, it's been a week. Um, we're supposed to get snow again tonight. So that's fun. Have you bought anything fun and bookish this week? I bought a stamp kit. Love that. That's just who I am as a person. <laughs> so um, I haven't really bought anything else. What about you? Did you buy anything fun and bookish? Uh, I did actually, this got posted a couple of weeks ago from, I think her name is Amelia Mildner. She posted the Danica and Bryce spring break Polaroid picture. So I went onto her website on Redbubble and bought a couple of stickers of hers that are Crescent city. And I got a postcard so I can frame it and put it on my shelf because they're so cute. And I just like the only <laughs> like actual prints that I have that I actually put up are Crescent city. So I need another one to add to the collection. I'm very, yeah. very I'm surprised you it. haven't gotten the like Bryce in the armor print. No, I, really love that. <laughs> I love that. Do you? I have yeah. the one, uh, it's from enchanted fandoms, her Etsy site. It's her in a white dress with like a, I don't know how to say her name, Lobna on her shoulder. Nice. Yeah, it's really cute. I put it in like a gold sparkly frame. So now I need to find another gold sparkly frame. That's awesome. Her and yeah. So I got that and I got some yeah. stickers. You like the, you like the like realistic ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all for like warrior princess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not my vibe. <laughs> I'm like fiesta festive. I don't know. Like lots of bright colors and realistic. It's very true. Prints. Yeah. So that's it's what I got. True. I'm very excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love it. Other than that, I've been really good. I haven't gone book shopping in a while. Yeah. I'm going to half price this week to drop books off. So we'll see what happens, but are you just going to drop books off? <laughs> I don't know. It depends. There's a couple, I like made a list of, I kind of cleaned my bookshelves out and I made a list of the ones mm-hmm. of series that I'm like missing because yeah. I have like two of the books from the Scythe series, but I'm like missing the third one because every time I go, the, the covers look the same. And I'm like, I don't know which one I have and yeah. like a couple of the outlander books. So I'm going to, I made a list of ones that I'm like missing. So if they have them at that, this half price, I'm just going to grab them. But other than that, like, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to get anything new. Yeah. They usually, they usually do have like the outlander books. I know that's the worst, especially when the series is like long or if yeah. like the covers kind of look the same and you're like, Ooh, I I'm that way with the stocking, the Jack the Ripper series. I'm like, I don't, yep, that's I don't, true. I have the hard covers and they're really hard to find in the hard covers. Hard like the only hard covers I can find are like the ones that I already have. And I'm like, this is making me very angry, but you know, it is what it is. So Gotta love it. Yeah, I do need to go. I went through my bookshelves not too long ago and got rid of some stuff, but um, it hasn't really made a dent 
in any of it. I do need to get another bookshelf though. I have a room for another bookshelf and I'm like, I need to get another one. And it's just putting it together. And the whole, the whole thing is, is a lot. I saw a hack on Instagram of someone who just bought shelves. I don't know where she got them, but I need to do this where she bought shelves and just made her bookshelf smaller. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I just need to do that because honestly, some of my shelves are so big that it's just such a waste of space. And I'm like, if I could just add like two more shelves on here, I'd that be golden. True. So that is very true. I need to figure yeah. out how she did that or like where to go to just get the shelves. Yeah. Because I could easily add at least two shelves onto each of my big yeah, and like, what My small topic. ones, no, but like my big ones, I definitely could. Even my small yeah. one, I probably could. Yeah. I was That's like, what a good idea. But like, idea. where do you find that? I just made it go. Yeah. I think I did see that video. She added like five shelves. And I was like, that's a lot of room. I mean, I could probably move things around and maybe add more, but, um, cause there's quite a bit of space in some of them. So. Yeah. I definitely could do that. What a vibe. Anywho. Innovation. <laughs> Hashtag upcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here for that. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the next book in the Akatar series, Akawar. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm warning everyone who is listening to this episode. This book sent me like in many ways, uh, just sent me. So, um, yeah, that's, just, that's all the warning you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. That's you <fair>. feel <laughs> this used to be my favorite book in the series. I think just for like the plot points and Feyre's comeback story and just, I love a good battle sequence and we don't get that in any of the other ones. So for that, I love this book the most. But that's it. That's all I've got to say. But (laughs) you know, I don't know if I love it the most anymore. If I love any of these anymore. Yeah. The merch for it is so cool. So like, I do like that I have stuff. And I, again, we said this previously, I think the quotes in this book are really good, but Mm -hmm reading it now from the perspective that I have of like being on the bookish internet for a year of doing this podcast and like getting a chance to kind of talk through a lot of these books. I just sort of wonder how everybody's doing mentally. If these are their favorites, you know, like just Mm -hmm. checking in, like, how are you, are you okay? Because if this is your favorite book, like I'm worried for you. Yeah, I think, and I think that's why some of these books are very popular is because they, she does address mental health and that's like, well, unless it's more, she doesn't, I mean, we'll get into that, but you know, there's certain things that she does address mental health, especially with like Farah and like everything like that. But, um, I think, and I think that's especially in Akamath. I think that's why a lot of people really like Akamath because like Farah's mental health is like a big thing and you know, all that fun stuff, but not my favorite. I'm going to say that. And if this is not us, like judging or trying to invalidate anyone's opinion this is just our opinions of the series (laughs) but you know I uh, I think and this is something that I have realized as my this is something I've realized of myself especially being on um you know the bookish interwebs over the last year doing this podcast like you said as a reader I think I've matured a lot in plot points, characters, you know, I have matured in the, in the way of, I think if someone brings something to me, like I love this one character and some, and I'll see something or I'll read an article or I'll see a video or I'll talk to you about it. And you're like, well, actually, you know, and I, I think I've gotten better about taking that and saying, oh no, like you're right. 
and like realizing that and realizing like where that comes from and and how that might be something that's like triggering for people or a character that people don't like or um not good like red flags you know and i mean as a community we all do love our morally great characters but i feel like lately i don't know if this is just some of the people that i've been following more or what but i feel like the morally great character is kind of taking a back seat lately and i don't know if this is just again my my the algorithm just being like this isn't who we're like you know this isn't what we're what we're showing you anymore but i feel like there's more conversation around that the issues and the at least in other series i feel like there's a lot more that needs to be talked about with this series that i feel and this is a great fandom and it's a wonderful fandom and everyone loves it and i understand again we're not trying to invalidate anyone's opinion here but i think there are issues that need to be brought to attention the the fandom tends to just overlook yet in other fandoms or other books that they read they're very adamant about the same thing that happened in the series you know and so it's I think that's probably the most frustrating part for me is seeing that and realizing that and being like guys like Reese is not that great I'm just gonna say it y'all are gonna like crucify me for this but I don't care like Reese is not that great he's basically like a creepy winged frat boy. Let's just throw that out there. I just, he's Tamlin with wings and dark hair. And he sometimes says, I'm sorry to Pharaoh. Giving her a basic choice to do what she wants to with her life, quote unquote, giving her a choice, even though he manipulates a lot of things, but is not like feminist hero behavior. It's just not. That's just like a basic human right is to have a choice in your life, you know? And so I think- it just, it sends me a little bit, um, especially in this book. I mean, Tamlin is garbage. Let's all just, let's all just agree on that. But I mean, so is most of the males in the series. So I have some, I have some thoughts. I don't even know where to begin. Tamlin is a different person in this book than he is in A Court of Frost and Starlight. And we'll talk about this next week. And, and you guys will like hear about that, but his character in this one is so different than that. And like, I don't even know. It's just like, everybody's like redemption arc, redemption arc. He already got a fucking redemption arc moving on. He's not as much as a shit bag as like everybody likes to act like he is. Like he did some really nice things. And then we get to a quarter frost and starlight and Reese is an asshole to him. And Feyre is an asshole to him. And Lucian's an asshole to him. And they're like, he deserved it. And it's like, no, then Jorian no. deserved it. Then they all deserve it. Like, are you fucking, we'll get there. We will get there. It yeah the thing it's, i think that sent me that really sent me because it's yeah. like you no, guys I agree. are like pot calling I agree. oh fuck yeah i agree with that too like i think reese is a good book boyfriend and the fact that like he does so much to heal Feyre and like those elements of it but he's the same as castile like in in from blood and ash i'm sorry that this is the way that i am blah 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 beat my chest i have to do it because this is the way you don't yep. get to know until i decide you get to know but also like, I would die for you. Yeah, we'd all die for the person we love, but that doesn't mean that you're not a toxic person. And I think Castile's another example of a good book boyfriend that everybody loves for the wrong reasons. And that's okay. They're fictional, but let's just stop acting like there's not better ones out there. That's my mm-hmm. issue is like, everybody acts like Reese is the ultimate. And I know that like, we've done tons of polls and like all those things and like, everybody would always vote that. But I don't know, like Nikolai is a better boyfriend. And, and you know, oh. like, I don't know. I, I like can't even think of one. I need to think of one. Adam Carlson. Thank you. Even if we're going to go, I'm going to say like fantasy. Like if we're going to stick in the realm of fantasy, like Nikolai is a better book boyfriend than him. 
even Henry is better than that in Addie LaRue. Like, I'm just trying to think of books that universally everybody has read. Matthias is better than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he treats mm-hmm. Amelia with more respect. He, he realized, okay, th- sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, he's a liar too. I'm just thinking about it. I'm just, he is. Bad. Nicole and I had this conversation. We were talking about this whole scene where he's like super cringy and, um, kind of forces like the whole lust thing and like all that. And she like snaps at him and is like, don't you ever do that again. And I feel like he like apologizes and learns from that. Granted, I, we read that book a while ago. I may be wrong. <laughs> Sorry, but well, like, he does, he really gaslights her in the second one, but I feel like he, yeah. he is one of those ones that like gives her good choices and, and lets her, t- leaves her to her own devices and isn't like mm-hmm. super protective. And it's just, he is a great, he's like a great example of a morally great book boyfriend that sort of like learns from things, but like, yeah. Everybody likes to pretend like Reese is holier than thou. And he's not, he is morally gray. He has some questionable choices. Yeah. Matthias, like he's a great example of a good person who like does things for people. And Kat, even Kaz is better to Inej than, than Reese is to Feyre and, and, and vice versa. And like Jesper to Wyland, like I could go on and on. There's just so many, we should just not only use the Grisha verse as like good examples, but (laughs) there's just, yeah. Like Reed, Reed and Lou, like their relationship is so much healthier and it just, he's just not the ultimate. And I get that he's suave and he's powerful and he's beautiful and all these things. But like, I, yeah, this one really, I don't know. I'm just checking <laughs> in. How are you guys doing? If this is your favorite book, I, I, I appreciate it, but I'm also like, I'm, if you're, if you need to talk, I'm here, we're here. If you, and I think, again, oh. I think this goes back to us maturing as readers over again, being a part of this Absolutely. community. And you know what I mean? And us going from, you know, the first time you read this, you had just entered the bookish community, you know what I mean? And then, um, the second time it's like, oh, okay. Like, and this is, this is my first time reading it. And I, I have the, I have the benefit of like knowing a lot of these things I think prior. That's the problem. My issue too, I posted about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's just a pure level of saturation that for me is like, I've just seen so much of it that like, I know what's going to happen. There's obviously there's no anticipation because I've already read it, but I think it's just the, the level of saturation. That's like, with for me and I think this is the same for you like when things get too hyped I'm not into it anymore I'm just like okay I'm done hearing about it like I'm over it and I think that is a problem for me too like I went in a little jaded being like I've seen so much of this like I'm just done seeing it I understand and I love it and like appreciate the idea of like this being such a massive fandom but like I'm just kind of over it and I don't know why but that's just who I am so I think that might be the issue for me is like it just feels a little saturated and like reading it the second time around I just didn't feel the same feelings that I felt but Danielle did say this like you don't have as much anxiety reading it the second time around because you know what's going to happen. So maybe for me, it's like, I need that anxiety. You know what I mean? I don't know. I only feel that with this book though. Like this book series. I don't, I I could reread Crescent City like 13 times and be okay with it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's not one of those ones where like you have to read it again. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I, mm, yeah, I'm just, let's get into it. (laughs) So So we start at the exact same spot that we started the last one. In the spring court. With Tamlin and Lucian and this whole, and this, basically Farah working as an inside agent, just trying to destroy the Spring Court, which have some freaking forethought. Like, seriously, come on. You're like, I'm here to protect the humans, but I'm going to destroy the court that is right next to the wall and just move on. Like, and I'm very into this. I'm not going to lie. I was like, you go girl. Fuck them. They suck. I'm into it. I was like, yeah, tear them apart. But you're right. Afterwards, when we get to the part where they're like, um, yeah, so no one's protecting them. I was like, oh shit, you're right. You're right. That was a forethought. But like in, when I, when I was reading it now 
and before I was like, yeah, good for Pharaoh. Fuck them. You know, that's kind of where I was at. But I mean, Anthony's right. punishment, like when she, she is such a, we've said this before. She's such a predator and she's so creepy and she's so gross. I hate her so much. And just like her with Lucian, be aware. That's such a triggering moment. Like her just being so fucking creepy and predatorial and gross and just like him saying no. And like, it just, uh, just consent people like, and I know she's a bad character and that's why that's in there, but it just like, it, it made me cringe so much, but her really made me mad too. Like the, the Lucian thing. It was like, I get it because that's how she she is going to bring him along and like bring him into the fold. But that one really made me, it's like, makes me like sick to my stomach to like, think about that whole thing. And like how they have so much power that they could literally trap each other. Like, ugh, I don't know. That one was just kind of sickening to me. Yeah. I did, I did really like the part where Feyre like moves the rock and plays that. It's like, oh my gosh, me, Cauldron Blessed? Yes, you're right. That is this, me. every time I, I read this and I, I just immediately thought about the Peachy Queen uh, one where she's like, oh my God, I did not mean for this to happen. I am so surprised. It's just like, I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is, this is pretty great. And I love how Lucian just like plays along with it. Like he's. He's, he's the clever fox for sure. I mean, he's picked up on all these things like immediately. And we were talking about this last time with the whole eye thing. And he does talk about like what he sees is like magic, like basically is what he sees. He knows. He knows. He knows that she's glamored in some way. So that was, yeah, I mean, kind of talked about that theory, but yeah, I did. I did realize that when I was reading through, I was like, okay, so they did mention that he can see like wards and things and like, yeah, can see magic. So yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That's like probably my favorite scene of the whole beginning of the book. Where, yeah, exactly. She's like, I am so surprised. And Lucian's like, me too. <laughs> like, it's just so good. I think for me, like, I really like how clever Feyre is. And, and I know this is how it's written, but I like how it, she plays into th- turning the Sentinels against Tamlin mm-hmm. and being like, well, I'm not going to put my shield up. I'm going to like get injured. I'm going to do the same thing I did when he bit me and just show up my bruises. But when they stop believing Anthe or whatever, that part put me in a rage. Like Tamlin is so dumb. And mm-hmm. I, I understand it, but like, it was just, I don't know. I had such a hard time reading that part because I was like, yeah, is he seriously going to just side with her, even though he knows she's lying and like Feyre sees that he knows. And he's still just like, well, you know, it was still your fault, even though you were like drugged and magic and like, this was all her, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. that part I had a really hard time with, but I think she was clever in, in breaking them all apart and seeing the way that, you know, she could tear apart the spring cart so I, easily. I did feel bad for like Lucian and her manipulation of him. And yes, what he did in, in Akamath was terrible. Like what, you know, and would he be on her side? Would he want to be with her it, or like help her if Elaine was his mate? Probably not. Like, let's just, let's just throw that out there. Probably not. But I just like, it broke my heart because it's like, (sighs) Lucian has no one. And like, yeah, his best friend is like garbage, but like, that's literally the only person he has because, and for her to like turn them against each other, it, 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 it hurt. Like that made me really sad. In this whole book is the idea of Lucian and Favor being together because honestly, they're perfect for each other. And like the first time I read that scene where she goes in his room and she doesn't intentionally and is like, Lucian, save me. I'm having a bad dream. Ah, yeah, bitch. That part 
I'm like, oh my God, I love them together. Like I yeah. like them together because both of them have gone through some serious trauma. I feel like they would recover really well. And like barring everything else that's going on in the world, like Reese and Tamlin's like whatever macho man contest, they are a really good couple. And I think had we yeah. gone in Akatar in a totally different direction where she ended up falling in love with Lucian, mm, somebody write fanfic about that instead of falling in love with Tamlin. Like that would have been, I would have read the shit out of that. Yeah. Because they both I have agree. trauma. They both have like valid things that are going on with their yeah. lives. And instead they choose to manipulate the shit out of everyone around them. All the characters mm-hmm. in this book, instead of just like handling it and like going off and living their happy lives that we wouldn't want to read about, they decide to hurt each other. Yeah. Which is just yeah. also equally as fucked up. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that hurt. I think, I think just because I love Lucian. And so I was just like, oh, he just like, this man cannot catch a break. Like, he just can't like, uh, and we'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but like, he just, you know, she basically, you know, smashes Yanthi's hand because she's being a creepy predator and basically trying to force herself on Lucian. And it's just, uh, it again, this scene just made me, it made me sick. They're like, oh, we got to go now. And then these like creepy twins. What did you think about these creepy twins who have this incest vibe that are just like, it's, I don't really understand. I think I've said this before, but like, I don't really understand what the people of Highburn are because it, they don't feel fae to me. And I kind of get that they're like a dark fae, but their descriptions are just so nondescript that I don't really understand like who they are. As are all of SJM's descriptions. Yeah, that's totally fair. But it's just like, what are they? Like, are they high fae? Is that really where we're at? Like, I don't know. They just make them sound like they're so much more powerful. And they just, they were such a creepy. I think it's because they're so old. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Weird. I hated them. I hated their characters. Yeah. I hated the idea of them, like, murdering the children of the blessed. Ugh. Their weird incest vibes. It just felt, like, so unnecessary to me, too. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it's very, it's not brought up very often. And like her murdering the two of them and stuff. And I love this. This is like an action scene with her and Lucian, but I just didn't, I don't know. We didn't need the like creepy incest vibe. We didn't there is never, ever, ever, ever a need for a creepy incest vibe. Never going to be okay. I don't, I don't want that in siblings. It's just like, it's, we did it in the city of bones and I'm uncomfortable, you know, it just, it's that's not, why I didn't finish that series. Me. That literally just was something that I was like, nope, can't do it. Yeah, it's not great. It's really not good. <laughs> I don't love it. I just didn't like them. And it was just such a weird character to like add in there. And I just, I was so confused about all of that and like why they had that. I think that the, this beginning part is obviously called fire fanning. I don't even know what the right word is, but yeah, where it's the exact same as it was in the last one. And like, she's coming back more powerful and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that like was a good character development for Feyre. I love the idea of her and Lucian like running away together. I need a map of these underground tunnel-y things Makes and how no they sense. like they so make quickly no sense. end up in other courts. I feel like it's a portal and not like a tunnel. Like I'm just like imagining portals because it makes no sense. They're like, she's like, I went in the tunnel in spring court and ended up under the mountain and like immediately. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Like it literally makes no sense. Yeah. And, and they're like, we don't have it's magic. the same distance. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. Like how big is Prithian? Cause like, you know, is it like three miles long total? Because I'm confused. You know, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And they're like, we're in the autumn court for like four days. And I'm like, do you, you, you think it only takes four days to hike across the continent? Like I just, it's in my head, it's so big. And you're yeah. like, does it take you four days to hike across Europe? 
like a week and a half and you'd go from Italy all the way to London, just like that, because it just doesn't make sense. There's no, no. way. I don't know. It I was very geographically, I was very confused. Were you shocked? They had that- to be, they had to be hoofing it because there's no way. Yeah. I mean, they're fans, <laughs> like, so there's potential. Cause like your surprised? average human that's in shape could go like 15 miles in one day if they're hiking that after four days is what's math 60 60 miles but also you're like not eating you're not sleeping like there's just no I mean I understand that they're fey but it, that's what I'm saying I just can I get like a I'd like a scale just so I can tell <laughs> like how far things are because yeah currently it doesn't make sense so, yeah were you surprised when his brother showed up no no Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. no that was that was not shocking to me because you gotta add some drama in there. And yeah, <laughs> you know, the whole ice thing, they're on the, they're like, we're freezing to death. And it was just very dramatic. The whole thing was very dramatic to me. And then, you know, they get on the, I think it's so funny that she's like, apparently like trained and trained by Cassian and this whole thing. And she's like halfway on this ice lake. And she's like, I just realized we're very exposed out here. I'm like, I'm no shit. Like, just, she's like, I'm just going to spray ice and, and hope that they don't notice me spraying the ice after they melted the ice. Isn't that so weird? It's just like coming back together. It's super strange. Mm, weird. Yeah. They don't notice us. Oopsies. Yeah. Maybe they'll mistake it for Lucian's fire. Ha ha ha. I was like, coming out of your hands? Like, I don't know. Just a bit confused. Yeah. I think this scene is really well written. Like I could definitely imagine it as like a movie yeah. scene. Like I can see this in my head and I think it's really well done. And you know, like Cassian and Azrael like landing on the ice and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But it's just a little bit much for me that she's like, I lost the bond and it still takes them like five days to figure out that they're like running for their lives. You know what I mean? I'm like, where, where How did you feel you about the whole poison thing and the like, it's just it was so dramatic like I have a pounding headache you're like okay cool is it from doing all the magic oh my gosh no it's not it's from getting poisoned she was poisoned it felt like very like Cusco's poison. I don't know whatever that fucking line is poison Cusco Cusco's poison yeah like it was just like (laughs) that's exactly what it felt like to me it was like right right poison for Cusco. I just felt like that to me. Like it was so, it was so cheesy. The reveal of that whole thing was so cheesy. And then she's like, I just relied on my magic for too long. And it's like for the six months you've had it. Yeah. Me too. I would Mm -hmm. also be relying on my magic. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) So yeah. Good talk. Like, and and then Lucian's like, I don't know what to do. I've had magic for too long. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you've been a fae for years. So you should at least know how to like survive, like find things. You're in your court. You don't know where to look for food. All you could find was apples. So that's all you thrive on with fucking apples. Like I just, it was so dramatic. And like, I'm glad it was only a couple of pages and I like the the scene with, with them fighting and everything, but it was just like, for this long journey across all these courts where there's all these dangers for it to just end with them, like showing up and winnowing them away. They're like, yeah. I wanted to see a polar bear. Yeah. I will have to say, I do love this is, this comes, I guess we'll talk about it later, but I was going to say the winter courts army is my favorite thing in the world. It's very, it's very Narnia. Yes, absolutely. This is why, like, if I had to pick a court, I would always pick the winter court because first of all, their fashion sounds phenomenal. Second of all, yep. they have like little foxes and polar bears and reindeer that like pull their sleighs into war. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Third. Yep. And Calais and Vivian nice. are everything. Yeah. I love them so much. Yep. 
they're so cute and I just feel like friends to lovers oh, yep just so love good. that good love good, that for them good good shit anyways yep <laughs> so we get back to Valeris and she's like where's Reese <laughs> and Lucian's like where's Elaine and Elaine's like who who are you are coming ponies she's die so creepy in this like Tomorrow first section Tuesday you're like <laughs> I love okay this is another miscommunication thing you know they're like she's babbling on about whatever she's seeing and Asriel's like what did you say Asriel's like so intense into it and then like he just disappears instead of being like so I think she might be a seer he just like disappears and thinks and lets everyone think that she's crazy but also like this is this is really fast forwarding but we get to the part where she's she's in the library and Feyre realizes she's a, she's like, oh my gosh, Elaine predicted this. And then it's like three or four pages after they get back that she's like, wait, what did you say that one time again? Can you remind me? And then she's like, yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. And she's like, oh my God, you're a fear. I think she's a fear. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, why did it take you so long to like figure that out? You know what I mean? It's like, I forgot with all the trauma. And I'm like, like, my thing is like, okay, I don't know. she Nesta obviously went in the cauldron and got power like they all know she has power so why would it be so weird that like Elaine came out and had some sort of power everyone's like she's just crazy and I'm like maybe not I just hmm that that was one of those things they were just immediately like she's insane she's lost her marbles like she's the lights are not all on not up there being like, able to be a human and you're like is she though maybe she's just okay. coping and like she's not allowed to have trauma like that was the other thing too is like elaine and nesta aren't allowed yeah. to be upset about like losing their human lives it's just like can you just get over it and come down here and eat dinner with us like isn't it ridiculous they're such assholes and it's like yeah because everything's about Feyre. everything is about Feyre. that that's one thing that when we get to act best like everything is about Feyre and what Feyre wants and she thinks you need to heal at this rate and blah 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 blah. yeah everyone gave her the time and grace to heal at her own rate but she can't do the same for her sisters who she just loves so dearly fuck off Feyre (laughs) no and I 100% agree I just feel like it, it was it's so weird because they're like well I wonder what power Nesta has and it's like I don't know, maybe it's because we didn't get the internal monologue in Mist and Fury about like what Reese and, and Moore thought, but I just felt like it was less like pokey and proddy and creepy about like, you know, what power do you have that you have of like the seven pie lords? Like they never, he wasn't weird about that stuff. He's like, I just think you have power. And they, they don't ever say that to Nesta. They're not like, hey, we think you have extra power. Like, do you want to train with us? They're just creepy and like slimy about it. And like Cassian is Cassian, which is fine, I think for his personality and his character traits, but like their relationship is so on display all the time. Like even their mm-hmm. friendship and him being like, oh, you want to train with me? Oh, you don't? <laughs> and it's like, fuck off. Like, yeah, leave her why alone. don't you just go to her and speak to her like an adult instead of treating her like a child because she's going mm-hmm. through something psychologically and is concerned for like her sister who in technically in this is the love of her life. And she's so concerned for like the things that are going on at the lane, but she doesn't care about herself. And we've known that. We know that Nesta is self-sacrificing mm-hmm. and that like, she's not going to do anything that compromises the time that she spends at the lane or the protection that she puts on Elaine by going out and training with you and like leaving Elaine behind. So I don't know. I, I, I like Feyre all the way up until this book. And mm-hmm. I like Nesta in the next like three. I yeah. totally see where she's coming from. I think that there's such a character switch between this book and the next book. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that when we get to the next one with everybody in this entire series. But I think that like this beginning part, yeah, I agree. It really made me mad that they didn't give them the time of day. But also like Elaine is a little bit frustrating because she just stares off into the nowhereness. And I'm like, yeah. 
do you want to talk about it? Like, and nobody asked her that. And I think that's the problem, but it's like, do you, do you want to have a conversation? Do you want to like, I feel like Lucian tries, I feel like Lucian, but they don't allow him to, they're like, you're her mate. And it's like this whole, like they have such a bond and they have, you know, all of this, but they never, they're like, we don't trust him at all. And I'm like, I just, he has no reason to trust you either. Like, let's just be honest here. It it goes both ways. So I just, I don't know. That was like super frustrating well, to me. For Reese and Moore and Cassian and Azriel being like such mental health warriors for Feyre in the first one, where like they have her in the Hewn City house and they're like, okay, we're going to show you Valerius. They don't take her to the House of Wind initially. And I understand that's because it's Reese's mate, but like yeah. they bring her to the town home and they're like, this is your home. If you want to do things, like it's very homey and like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's like a, yes, welcoming and like such a cozy place. And then they put Nessa and Elaine in the house of wind and they're like, okay, bye. See you later. Enjoy they just leave the house. See, yeah. Ta-ta. And it's like, do you not feel like they would, they feel left out and isolated and they upset? were so panicked about Feyre being gone that they right. didn't because everything's about Feyre and it's like, so annoying. I just, I, I just think that and- Elaine and Nesta, like genuinely, they weren't treated well. And that makes me no. sad for them and like I don't like Elaine I still think Elaine's useless what a fool but I just <laughs> don't like the way that this was handled in that yeah. favor got all this time and grace and half a book to get over her issues and they're like Nessa you get three chapters because it's all about me and that's true because Feyre is the main character but it just was like if you guys handled this exact same way you handled Feyre and the trauma that like she went through then you guys would have like put her in the townhome and like talked to her and you would have been like Nesta and Amarin are very similar. Let them be friends. Because when that happens, Nesta starts to heal. When yeah. that happens, Elaine starts to heal. You know what I mean? Anyways, what did you think about Nesta and Amarin's friendship? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was perfect. And I love how Amarin's like, leave her alone. Let her do her. Th-. Amarin is, Amarin understands, and she straight up just like, obviously Amarin's like not afraid of Nesta. And Nesta's not really afraid of Amarin. And so it's very like, they're paired so perfectly. And I love how Amarin's just like, you're like me, you know, she understands how she deals with things and she understands how she deals with trauma and like her power and everything. And she recognizes that. And she knows that she understands that Nesta doesn't need to be handled with kid gloves. I don't know. And so she, I feel like she helps her that way. And she gives her a purpose because I feel like Nesta's just like sitting there like, okay, what do I do with my life now? I have no purpose. Like, you know what I mean? And so um, she gives her a purpose and she talks about that. She talks about, she's like, I had a job. I had a purpose. I had a goal and something to work towards. And that was like really hard for her when she kind of starts to slowly like open up to Feyre. And, you know, when she talks about not even being able to like take a bath and like having to use, but that just like broke my soul. And it's like, no one, I understand she's got this like hard shell and she doesn't like let people in, but it's like, no one would even think about anything like that. You know what I mean? Like no one even thought about that. Whereas with Feyre, they were like, we're going to the Hewn city and it's under the mountain. We just like really need to like, make sure you're okay. And like, da, 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 you know, but it's like a simple thing as a bath. Like no one would even think like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's again, that difference between how they were treated. Well, and also like, this is supposed to be a very modern city. Where the fuck are the showers? Sorry, that was really aggressive. This is supposed to be a modern city. Where are the showers? True. You know what I mean? Very like, true. Mm, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just don't love that. But I get it because that's supposed to be old timey. And exactly. It's like, no one would think to even ask, like, how are you doing? There was never that question. And I don't think there is a lot in Miss and Fury, but it's just like, they would never even consider asking. They just assume that Nesta's a bitch. And it's like, is she though? And the thing that made me really uncomfortable 
and I, it makes me like love, uh, Nesta and Amron's friendship so much is like when they're sitting at dinner the first time and she's like, what do you eat? What are you? And then they're like, we would never have asked that. It's like, because all of you have communication problems, have mm-hmm. trust issues, and generally do not know how to be adults because you cannot have yeah. conversations with the people who are closest to you about the things that are most important. Like, hi, Amron, what the fuck are you? That feels pretty fucking valid to ask. You know, it's not insulting if someone asks me what I am. Like, a Virgo, thanks for asking. I really appreciate the consideration. <laughs> you know, it's just like- Type eight Virgo here. Okay, uh, listen. <laughs> And it's just, it, it's like that kind of stuff, you know, it, it just doesn't, it just made me angry. I think for their like found family trope that they have that not a single one of them has been able to communicate mm-hmm. any of their issues. And this comes up a lot too, Ever. where Feyre says it, like her and Reese talk down the bond and like, she makes a lot of like eyes about things. And Nesta starts to notice too, the issues with like Cassian and Azriel and more. And Reese is just like, just let them work it out. Just like, like let him deal with it. It's, it's been 500 years. years. They are not going to deal with it. It's been 500 500 years. I've never tried to help. And it's like, hmm, that's what we call a red flag, Reese, because Mm -hmm. you're their friend. And if your friends are having issues, you're going to talk to them about it, regardless of how uncomfortable the situation is. Because if they're not not your inner circle. I was just going to say, especially if they're your quote unquote inner circle and you're like third in command and the commander of your army, if they have these things on their mind and they've got like shit they're dealing with, that's going to affect how they make decisions for armies, ruling, everything. Like that's going to affect it. Whether it's subconscious or not, it's going to affect it. So. Well, and it's just one of those things where it's like, it's very the mentality of like, if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's like, there are plenty of things that are not broken that still need to be fixed. And that's like in real life right now. And in this book. So I just hated that mentality kind of throughout the whole thing. And it's like, you guys are this found family trope that like, isn't even a family and can't have any conversations and everything you do to each other is low key, very toxic. And we Mm -hmm. kind of go into this throughout the whole thing. And like, I appreciate the idea of a found family. And I like that, you know, these guys have kind of found each other through everything and and Reese's speech right before they go to battle is like beautiful and all that. And I like the idea of them having found each other as being this band of misfits, but like you guys can't have a real conversation. You guys have done some really messed up things to each other and you're not able to admit that. And that's, that's so wrong. And then to come in and say that Nest is doing it wrong. Nest is healing wrong. Elaine is healing wrong. It just pissed me off. And like, it made me mad the way that they kind of treat Lucian at the beginning where Reese is like, I don't know if I can trust him. Do you trust him? And she's like, I mean, I don't know. And it's like, how do you not know? You either do or you don't. You guys have been through at this point, two and a half months You took him together. to Valeris. So you have to have some sort of trust in him. Like, let's just be honest there. Like you have to have some, some inkling of trust for you to like bring him to the, to your home, to this like sacred place. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it, I just like. Lucian's entire story like breaks my heart. The line where he's like, I thought this was, I always wanted this to be the spring court. I always thought this is what the spring court was going to be. Like it had potential to be. And him just in awe of like all the things that they've built. And it's like, what they've yep. built is beautiful. Like they built this great city. They do have a, a, from the outside looking in a very healthy family dynamic. You know, they're doing all these things. They're running a, a great and powerful nation. And I just like, it like rips your heart out for Lucian mm-hmm. because again, you're right. Like all he wants is to be loved. All he wants is to be cared for. And no one's ever done that for him. And then they bring him here and they're like, yeah, we just wanted to show you this. We can kind of show it off, but uh, don't touch anything. And you're like, yeah. It's okay. really cringy. Fair, I guess. You know, he talks about this is what I wanted the spring court to be. And this is, you know, all these things. And it's just like, and Farah had a part in destroying that. And it's so like heartbreaking. 
Ugh. And it's, I mean, I mean, Lucian has a lot of trauma that he hasn't dealt with either. I don't think he's had the chance to deal with it though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's had the opportunity. He hasn't had the support in the family and, you know, the grace and love that Feyre got when she was dealing with her trauma, you know? And so he hasn't had that opportunity. You find this later when we get to Akafast, he finally does have a moment to deal with that trauma. And he kind of does. I mean, he kind of basically tells Feyre to fuck off. And like, and it's the best moment of the entire series, in my opinion. But, you know, and I was just going to ask, how did you feel about her kind of going into his head and getting that internal monologue from Lucian? That was so cringy to me. Yeah. She's like, I just feel so like, I just feel so bad. I'm like, do you? Yeah, I agree. I think that part was cringy to me. I like, I kind of appreciated that she did it. So we got another chance to see like her power. And also we got this part of Lucian that we never get to see. I like the glimpse into Lucian and stuff, but it also just like... (sighs) you know, he doesn't feel safe enough to share any of that with anyone. And it's sad. It's so sad. I like that afterwards. She's like, I felt like it was a violation. It's like, did you feel like it was a violation? Because you did it without thinking twice. So, and I understand that. You did it and you were there for like a while. Like you were in his mind for a while. Yeah, it was like four pages. So, and I understand like the the idea of the conversation, talking about like how we're not going to do this again. And like, you know, the the drawing the line in the sand of what isn't, isn't okay. But I just felt like it was a really cringy conversation with her and Reese to be like, well, I always feel guilty even after 500 years. And I'm like, that's called not dealing with your trauma. That's called not dealing with who you are and being accepting Mm -hmm. of the the, the things that you have done. And that's okay because you're on a healing journey, but it's been 500 years and you have this gift and you either embrace it or you don't. That's kind of how I feel. Like if I could read people's minds, it's like that movie, like what women want. It's like, yeah, you feel guilty, but like you have no choice. And that's, and that's just how it works. And like, you're going to put yourself. But he does have a choice. He has a choice whether or not (laughs) he He has no choice in what he he can have a choice. And like the fact that he has a gift, like he didn't, he didn't choose to be able to read minds. And so it's like, you can choose what you want to do with that, but you don't have to use it. And if you do use it, you, you can't like run yourself ragged, feeling guilty for it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you don't get to make Feyre feel guilty for trying to protect the people that she loves. If you're going to sit here and be like, I went under the mountain for 50 years, to protect the people I love. Like, it's just, they're so pot calling the kettle this entire book. And it's like- it's Very hypocritical. The stop. Enti- yeah, yeah. You know, you get this whole, okay, we need to have a meeting of the minds. We need to have a meeting with all the high lords because Highburn is coming. We need to figure this out. So they like send out all these notes and like, we're meeting here. And it's this like, you know, all this political game back and forth. Where are we gonna, where are we gonna meet? Blah, 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 blah. But during this whole thing- Reese is like, I don't really trust Lucian, but hey, Lucian, do you have like an idea for where we should do this meeting at? Like any like thoughts or suggestions? Is there, is there like yeah. possibly an idea that you have? Cause like, you know, people better than we do. And then he's like, yeah, what a fucking asshole. And it's like, you don't get to do both. You don't get to try and mm-hmm. include him in things and like ask him to be a part of this political and thing. And then treat him like shit. Behind his back. Like that's mm-hmm. really shady. And mm-hmm. to do that and to be like, okay, I'm going to give him a chance. But like, what a fuck. His, his, his I'll never forgive Lucian for what he did to you. I'm, I'm sorry. Saying, in front what he Starlight? did to you? Uh, okay, I'm jumping ahead, but that's like we'll get to there. We have many thoughts on both these books, but Frost it's just like I'm not even joking. Every single one of these characters is a different person. Every single one yeah. of them. There's not a single thing because of all the things that you do in this book and all the stuff that happens in this book makes no sense for the response that he has in the next one and yeah. how he treats Lucian in the next one. But like, that yeah. just was so weird to me. He's like, do you trust him? Yeah, I trust him. Okay. All right. Let's trust him. Hey, where should we like meet everybody? Oh, we should meet them here. Okay. Awesome. Oh. And then you're like, oh, I can't trust Lucian. Can't trust him. 
It's like, then why yeah. did you ask him where you think you should meet? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That yeah. part just pissed me off. I was like, and then you get Lucian who's like, can I like give some advice or whatever? And, and Reese is just so flippant about it. And it pisses me off because he's like, wow, no one's ever asked if they should give advice in this. But it's very pointing out the fact that he doesn't belong there to me. That was very like I agree. flippant and rude. Instead, he could have just been like, yeah. Sure. Like, well, and you know what this, I mean? This ploy to be like, I'm so casual. I'm so cool. When he's like, oh, what's the dress code? And it's like, whatever you feel like, we're so inclusive here. But also we're like talking about you mentally. You know what I mean? Like between the bond, I'm like talking about whether I should trust you or not. But to your face, I'm like, yeah, we think you're cool. And like, it's whatever you want to wear. And here's this and here's that. You know, it's just, it was just so coy and uh, uh, gaslighty. <sighs> and then when we get to the High Lord meeting, like they intentionally try to make it seem like Lucian is on their side, even though he has like no idea what's going on. And that's his own fault for like being dumb, but they really made me mad. I mean, I guess we can talk about the High Lord meeting because, well, okay, no, I want to talk about Briaxis because he's probably my favorite character in the entire series. I love him so much or it, him, whatever. So you get this mention of this creature that lives in the depths of the library that basically is described as fear itself almost like it's just this like terrifying creature that Cassian is is just horrified by and then Nessa and Feyre are like cruising around the library and some highburn soldiers like show up and it's such like it's so annoying that they're like this city hasn't been breached in over a thousand years or however long and in like the span of two months you've got two breaches from highburn Really? And so that was kind of like cringy to me. But anyways, so they get in there and they're like, well, we're and here I don't like that. He's like, I created this library and it's supposed to be so safe. And this is the first mention we get of all of it. And here we go again with Reese being a feminist or what have you with all these women who have trauma. And I love the idea of this being set up and him like, yeah. you know, creating this sanctuary for them. And he's like, yeah, it's never been breached. They get to decide who gets to come in, blah, blah, blah. Three chapters later. Oh, it's been breached. And these murderers came in. You're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I also thought it was very cringy that this place is supposed to be a safe haven and he's trying to bang Feyre in it. That was not okay to me. That felt so cringy and gross to me. Yeah, I agree. And this is this is a huge plot point in uh, A Court of Silver Flames, this scene, like this setting uh, of, the, of the library. And so like, uh, yeah, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the way that she was like, when I was here, I was thinking about me and Reese last time we were here and how we like never got to do it in the stacks. So I'm just laughing to myself while my sister with her excessive amounts of trauma is sitting here being uncomfortable, knowing that I'm like thinking about boning my boyfriend. It just, it was so gross to me. And yeah, I just didn't like that. They like show up and she's like, you have to run. And Nesta's like, why do I have to run? And she's like, because I'm stronger than you and you haven't worked out with Cassian. And like, I know more than you. And it's like, you don't have weapons. What are you going to do? And she's smart. You know, they run down to the bottom and whatever. And then she makes a bond with Braxis. Like, I loved that part. I think that's really cool that we get to use these sort of like elements. He's just like, he's so cute. He's like, I just want company. I just want to like you come talk to someone but then she does that. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll make a thing with you. And someone will come reach you. And then they get done with it. And Reese is like, you did not make a bargain. And she's like, yeah, I made a bargain. I'm going to like go read him stories. And he's like, well, you never specified when or who. So it's not going to be you. And I'm like, so cringy. Okay. Tamlin. And rude. Thanks for yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, obviously it doesn't have to be favorite every time. And like the priestesses are there. So like they can go down there and read to him and like Amron can and other people can, but like, it was just immediately him being like, well, you didn't specify that it had to be you or when we had to start could be a thousand years from now. And I was like, 
you just saved her life, Nessa's life, and all the priestesses' lives. And you're gonna and yours here, and yours, like, and you're gonna sit here on a technicality saying like you don't have to go do anything for him. Nice. Which is so cringy. Really cool. And it, yeah, for you. very cringy. So it's like practice they, deserves better. Yes. And so um they go, they're like, we need to move this meeting up. So they move the meeting up and then they decide it's gonna be in the dawn court. They're like, we're gonna be our true selves. And it's just gonna be, I was like, I hate this so much and Reese is like has his wings out and it's so funny because they think that everyone is gonna be like yes wings and no one gives a shit <laughs> I love that everyone's everybody, like, like knew okay. his mom was Illyrian so it's not like that surprising that that's what he has everybody knows your origin story no one gives a crap everybody like, cares no more cares. that you're not like the shady creepy dude that you've been putting off the last like 2000 years which that's- pisses okay this this sent me this is one of the things it, that girl. fucking sent me in this meeting tamlin comes in you know he's like okay slut shaming is never a good look on anyone don't do that that's not okay talking about how he's like i'm like a double agent and on and on and on and all i have all these plans and blah 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 and literally no one gives him the time of day but reese is like yeah i'm not amarantha's whore and they're like cool cool, we're best friends now, we're going to all ally, and we're going to fight Highburn. It's just like, what? You know, Tamlin comes here with, like, evidence. Here are the maps. Here are the things. My court is literally in shambles. I need help. I have no army. I'm, like, trying to, like, get my shit together. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit and kind of brought this on myself a little bit, but Sarah kind of put the nail in the coffin on this one, and so we're kind of screwed here, and we're trying to, like, get our shit together, and... He, they're like, we don't trust you because you're working with Hibern and we don't trust you. And he's like, I'm a double agent, blah, 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 blah. And here's Reese being like, I was a double agent and doing what I could to protect my family under the mountain. And I'm sorry that 20 of your children got killed, but that's not my fault. This is so like, I can't be held accountable for my actions. Like it was so fucking cringy to me. And it just sent me. I have so many thoughts. I don't like that they're like the Dawn Court is neutral. And then like, there's so many times where she mentions it. I was like, okay, we get it. We understand. But also we've never met this dude. We don't know him. So yeah, he's got to be neutral because we don't know who he is. And, oh, we didn't really talk about this part where um, the summer court gets attacked and they show up and help and all that stuff. But it's not oh, like, yeah. super relevant, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I like um, Amarin and her little Boothang's relationship. And I think that's really great. And I oh, just- her, yeah, her and Varian are- kind of- but that part was kind of cringy to me that Tarquin was like, I thought you were helping Hibern. And it's like, I kind of get where you're coming from, but also like, I don't know, you had to have seen at that point, like put the pieces together at that point that they were taking the book to like try and save them. But mm-hmm. I guess you haven't gotten any updates via the tweet feed. So you wouldn't He was know. also had his trust like completely destroyed by then. Yeah. So I understand where he's coming from. And I did like that he wasn't immediately like, you helped. So like, we're good now. He's like, no, thank you for coming. And I appreciate the help, but like, get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. And I liked, I think that was good. And I like when we get to the meeting and he's like, okay, yeah, Yeah. I guess the blood rubies can like go away, you know, and he does it in that kind of tone. So I appreciated that. And I feel like I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of Tarquin in this one. I love Tarquin. I do too. And I love love Kellyanne. And I think he's like such a good character. The winter court, like kind of icy vibes to me with them being like, they're not really good friends but they mentioned like in the previous one that that was their, like one of their closest allies. So yeah, that was a mistake written somewhere. And I, and I know it's because of like the children dying and stuff like that. And I like more and Vivian's relationship and like how they get together and you know, the breaking of the ice and all that kind of stuff. But I don't like when they go into the meeting and they're like, 
well, we'll figure out when it's okay to tell them that you stole their power. Like that you took a piece of, let's not call it steal. They're like, we're being honest, but, but let's just asterisk here. But let's, let's decide as a group when we tell them about the power that you received for them. And I'm like, okay, this is another thing. This is just like the mate thing where it's like, it's convenient for you guys to decide when it's okay to tell someone something that maybe isn't like super life altering, but definitely like relevant to what's going on. Not in the same way the mate thing obviously is, but that kind of made me mad. And then, you know, obviously we get Byron and the the rest of the autumn court and his wife. Farah had one job. Farah had one fucking job, one job. That's all just one job. I hate his character so much. And Baron. Yep. And I hate the idea of hinting at spousal abuse. I don't like that. It really makes me mad. Yeah. Lucian's mom is he's already he's already a bad character. We don't this is the this is the whole brutalizing women thing. These characters already been through enough. These characters already have enough trauma. These characters already evil enough. You don't need to add the brutality of women on it. And I don't like that. She's described when we kind of find out the whole plot twist with Helion that like she was described as this free spirit and she was this great person who loved life. And now she's just like sad and meek and meeber. And it's all about her husband. I just don't like it. I don't like the idea of like spousal abuse, even between all of these Faye and all the things that happen with more and like bringing that on. And I get it. Obviously they're trying to trend towards the autumn court being this very morally black set of characters who are maybe not necessarily our primary villain, but suck. It makes me mad. It makes me like really uncomfortable. I feel so bad for Lucian's mom and she's not even a relevant character. You just You're adding to like Baron's evil. You're adding to Helion and Lucian's pain, which again, just the brutality against. And that's the thing. It's like mostly the women. Yeah. These guys have gone through a lot of trauma, but the clipping of the wings and the nailing of a note to her freaking abdomen Ooh. and like beating them within an inch of their life. And it's just like, why? What? This isn't a powerful main character if they have to come back from being beaten to smithereens and thrown on the other side of I can Again, go on it's on like Moore's trauma. But like I, that part just made me really mad because I don't like him and I think he's shitty. And then he's like, I'm leaving early because you took my shit. And it's like, fuck right off. And then she yeah. burns his, you know, she burns the the lady of the autumn court, and you're like, what was the point of that? Like, what yeah. was the, she's just to say that you also brutalized other women? Like mm-hmm. what you didn't, you couldn't, you could have just not mentioned that and moved on. Oh, yeah. I looked in her eyes and I told her I was sorry. Okay. Well, you didn't have to mention it at all. You didn't have to do it at all. I digress. It's like this whole thought of like, we have to have so much trauma. These characters have to have so much trauma so that you love them. As readers, we love these characters with even without all the, the just like terrible things that happen to them. Like it, for me, that just adds on a sense of just- like, write him with no mom either. You know what I mean? Like, or you could have just mm-hmm. mentioned her and we never like meet her as a character. It just was so silly. I was like, yeah. what a weird, what a weird thing to add. So that whole thing happens. And then, you know, Tamlin shows up and she has that conversation. I agree. Slut shaming never looks good on anybody. How, how did you feel about as losing his shit on Eris? The toxicity in that room is just unreal. It's the- so like, I am macho, beat my chest. It's also so degrading to more to be like, she can't handle her shit. Yep. And then more is like shaking and doesn't know how to handle it. It's like, this is not the more that we all know her not being able to like, I, and, and if it is, then she has some deeper seated issues and that are even brought up at the end of this book. If she feels that she has to shiver in place while someone that she loves as a friend is going and defending her against some guy who like brutalized her, but he didn't even brutalize her. It was someone else. Like it was her father that did it. So it's like, it's yeah. not, it's not, not Eris's fault. Like, obviously it is Eris's fault. Eris, Eris sucks, but it's like for the trauma that she went through or like for the things that happened to her, it wasn't. Eris that did it. It was Eris that didn't do it basically. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Eris didn't save her. 
but she shouldn't and like be for, shaking in her boots because for of me Eris. it's like okay her dad has called her a terrible names and like everyone has called her these terrible names and everything like that and like so many people i mean throughout the you you see some of these bad people and he never once like loses his shit like he's always the like cool calm one and now all of a sudden Eris calls her a slut and he just like loses his fucking mind that feels so out of character for as absolutely it was just very demeaning you're making the situation so much worse by like losing your mind on this and you're embarrassing more you're just confirming like just some like stupid shit well and like everyone it's just like for me it was so cringy to me i agree and for me it was like the response that she has to Eris at the very beginning when they decide to like make this pact or whatever and how she's like sweating and uncomfortable and like doesn't have anything to say and she's like so scared of him that's the response I would expect her to have of her father because come to find out Eris didn't do anything that's the po- that's the problem he didn't do anything to help her to not help her to save her whatever it was so like I get that you're afraid of him because obviously his father beats his wife and like there he has a reputation to uphold but she should feel about him the way that she feels about her dad indifference wanting to kill him whatever but she's like genuinely afraid of him and it's silly because he didn't beat her her father beat her and her father's cronies beat her so that their role is so weird and like reversed. And when, when that part comes up with as, I'm just like, that makes no sense. Like just move on. And yeah. it's clearly his like distaste with the way that Reese handled things and, you know, them and, and ruining like Moore's view in life and her, her father, like Reese is just such a bad leader. Let's just throw that out there. He makes these shitty decisions where he lets like the court of nightmares, like makes a bargain with them that they'll come and fight for him. If they can come to Valeris. Okay. Knowing that that's going to hurt as Cass and more as a whole, like as a group, because they hate them so much, but definitely more who's your family, whatever. And you go and like get and, shitty okay. with Feyre for like making a bargain, have this meeting thinking you're better than everybody else and being like, we have to show our true selves, but we're still going to gaslight people and pretend that like, you don't have any powers. And mm-hmm. then you're going to be shitty to Tamlin, which kind of justified, but like, you're going to be shitty to like all these other people and not try to like, just shake the winter court's hand and be like, so sorry for the deaths that I didn't stop. You know what I mean? It's just like, just be an adult, Reese. You're a terrible leader. And you come here and you're like, well, everybody's being mean to me. So I'm just going to not say anything. You're a child. Great communication. No, you're like, a child. It's just like, Idiot. it's so, it's so cringy. The whole like allowing the, the court of nightmares into Valerius was so, it, it made me feel obviously the fact he could have warned them. He could have said, Hey, this is, he's going to be there. He could have warned. He knew it's not like he doesn't know that more is going to have that kind of reaction to Eris you're going to just put this on them at the last minute because you're too scared to like actually confront any kind of trauma that, that more has and help her confront that. And you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's this just like blind eye to the problems and the terrible things that are going on in his court. He just pretends like it's like the best thing ever, but it's just, it was so cringy to me. And so, and I just felt so bad and more was like, no, like he never took her opinion. And he's like, it was the only way I'm like, was it? Was it the only way? Like, I just, it was so cringy. And then you've got the whole bone carver thing and we need to find this mirror and we can't, that made me, that was almost as cringy as the love riddle. Like that was just like, so cringy to me. They're like, you look into this mirror and you go insane because it's yourself. I'm like, are you that ugly? I just like, I can't. I just, that was just something that, that was like very cringy to me. The whole, the slut shaming is out of control in this meeting, out of control. But then they get mad about, you don't trust us and you don't believe what we're saying, even though we've portrayed this terrible image 
for the last thousand years about ourselves. You know what I mean? And it's like, yes. they're just, and they're like shocked. They're like, how could you not believe me? I'm going to give you this sob story about how I was protecting my people, which I think Reese is the way that Reese describes it is the best way that he can and all those things. But it, it's just Reese and the night court, obviously all these courts have previous relationships, but you guys have previous relationships. Obviously you're friends with Helion. This isn't surprising for him because he already knows who you guys are. You guys have had a conversation with Tarquin. He's seen a different version of you. So he kind of understands it. And uh, the other one that starts with the T, which let's not even talk about it, how much that shit sends me off the rails. Uh, the fact that three of the high lords all have to start with the same letter. Like, okay, that's fine. We could have had like Tamlin be like Famlin or something. I don't fucking care. Or Tarquin be Farquin or Monarquin. I don't give a shit. Stop naming things the same letter. And like when we were in the meeting, there's so many lines where like all three of them are listed right after the other. And I was like, are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me? Sends me, sends me over the edge. Um, <laughs> I, I, that whole meeting was very cringy. And then basically they're the all edge. like, we're getting nowhere. So we're just going to like shut it down. Oh my God. Like, Next. Cool. Like, so they all just hang out in their rooms or whatever. And more never talks to as about it you know reese is like we don't talk to as about anything because he just like goes into his shadows and just like doesn't say anything and it's just like worse if you try and it's like is it though it makes me so mad that like literally no one in this court has ever faced their trauma yeah so we kind of get to the part where halion is like wanting to have a threesome with them which like good for sarah writing diversity for like the first time ever and they decide not to, and Kaz and Azrael are like off on their own. And you get and- this, you get this moment of Feyre being like, "Oh yeah, Helion's Lucian's dad." And if and Reese is like, "What? Oh my god!" It's he's so shocked, and I'm like, "You've literally known Lucian for hundreds of years. You've known Helion for hundreds of years. How did you not put two and two together?" Feyre is just like immediately, "Yeah, it's his dad." And he's like, "Oh, I guess I never thought about it that way." It's like you're such a dude, and I just. I like couldn't handle how they treat Nesta and she like gives her whole story, origin story, whatever. And they was like, we should just leave her alone. She's just like spending time by herself. And it's like, why don't you check on her and ask her how she's doing? Like, why don't you just like, it's fine. I just, I don't know. This part makes me mad. Like, obviously such shaming doesn't look good on anybody. And like, I do kind of feel for Tamlin as like, I don't know if I believed him when he was like giving this whole speech and stuff. So yeah. I understand. I like the idea of this. Like, I don't know if it's, this is really what it's called, but like the journey sequence of, I have the tigers playing in the background. They're deciding who they're going to like bring into the army, that kind of thing. And this whole portion of the book, like her making a deal with Braxis, her making a deal with the bone carver, like realizing that she needs to do things for them. Like, I think that was all great. The Nightbringers, whatever, the uh, Illyrians. I did love her, her deal with Braxis, her second deal. Well, it's just like, what do you want? He's like, I just want a window. This is my home. I'm just Braxis. Like, I just want to read and look out my window into the beautiful starry night and just live in my library <laughs> good for praxis so yeah i i like the journey sequence amarin and nessa's friendship i think is really good in here and all of those things and we sort of figure out that elaine's a seer uh what were your thoughts on like them going to visit her human husband and how that would just be what we like to call triggering yeah. uh, for elaine and everybody is just sort of like if you need to leave you just let us know But like, we need you here. It's so insane because for me, they were like, Nesta, you need to get over yourself and like talk to the the high lords and you need to 
come into your power. And Elaine, you need to stop being crazy and get over the fact that your husband, your, your fiance that you truly did love, um, actually hates your guts down and wants absolutely nothing to do with you. But like, you have to go and like confront him and talk to him about this and da, 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 da. And again, this is the whole, like having grace for their healing process with Thera. They were like, protecting her and you know this might be like triggering for you and just like we're here for you if you want to talk and if you ever want like you know but then with Elaine and and Nesta they're like get over it it made me so frustrated the whole time I agree and it's like I just don't understand the point of making Elaine go through this all over again and then being like well you know did anyone notice that she's still wearing the ring did you, did anybody notice that? Like, doesn't that make everybody uncomfortable that she's still doing? It's like, she's really going through some stuff guys. Like just, just sort of like, let her, let her work that shit out on her own, figure it out. And they're so mean to her about it. And like, I feel bad for the way that this is revealed again, here's more slut shaming that like, we just don't need and felt really unnecessary, more trauma on top of trauma. Um, I like them going back to their house and we like finally get a mention that they have a father. So that's nice. Glad we brought that up again. How did you feel about Lucian leaving about his whole, like, I'm on a quest to find Vasa, all of that? You know, it just makes me mad that poor Lucian has to suffer through this because Favor's like, well, I'll go. And Reese's like, you're too important. And Lucian's like, okay, well, like, I'll go. And he's like, okay, yeah. bye. And you're like, wow, that was Ouch. Quick. Yeah. And it felt so, it, it broke my heart because he like sees, he sees Elaine and he like looks at her and she just like, very dramatic, but he like turns away and she like takes a step toward him and he's already like winnowing out. And I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> and I don't, I like still haven't decided because originally when I read this, like, and I still kind of feel this way too. I just am more aware of like Lucian's red flags. But when I first read this, I love the idea of like Lucian having a mate and him getting something from this and like having this great love story and all these things. And so I just really like wanted, want more for him. And I just don't know if Elaine is the right one. Like I'm happy that he has a mate, but I'm not happy that it's Elaine because like now looking back and thinking about how useless she is, I just don't like her character, but it makes me sad that there's this this huge struggle between the two of them. And like, we're still, we're three books past when we find out that she's the mate. And these three books are massive. Spoiler for the rest of the series. I don't like that we're three books past when they found out she was his mate and Lucian and her are still like up in the air and that he still isn't getting like anything from this. So that just kind of makes me sad for his character, but I do appreciate that. Like we sort of get this plot line that's going to go somewhere and hopefully we get a Lucian book soon or something like that. That's going to show more about like what he's thinking. I hope so. And the relationships that he builds. And I, I like that we give him sort of a main character element in this moment of him being like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. And you know, at the end he brings all the great things and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think I like that he gets a lot of credit yeah. um, for that, for the sort of ending notion of this book. Sly but Fox. It was just like, damn Reese. You were like, okay, bye. I'll see you later. Could, could you leave right now? That'd be great. See ya. But Fra- favor wants to go and he's like, oh, you could never. So yeah. Could she not never? I'm yeah. I'm sure she could basically the wall comes down everyone's panicking they're like trying to find allies so let's ally with the most dangerous creatures on the planet this is very this is very tbd klaus is the problem let's wake up michael (laughs) this is absolutely like tbd and i was just like okay this is probably not a good life decision i mean it turns out to be a good decision at the moment but like and so you know you get these like intense you get some really intense battle scenes, I will say. How do you feel about Jurian? Jurian seems shifty as shit. Mm-hmm. His story makes sense, but it's so far-fetched. Because mm-hmm. we meet Jurian right after we have this meeting with the 
with Elaine's ex-husband or whatever. Yeah. Fiance. Yeah. I love how they're like, oh, we already know this. And Jurian walks in like, hey, hey. like a surprise motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't know. His story seems just a little too far fetched for me. He's like, I'm trying to find my ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. And I just like had to go on the war rampage. So Hybern would think that like, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but really I'm just here to like align with you guys. And it's like, that seems a little, that seems like a bit, mm, that seems a bit much. That, that seems really, is that, are you sure? And I'm with Miriam and Drake and Darkin. I don't know how to say it, it's his name. I'm with them at the end where they're like, yeah, I don't believe you. Like that sounds super sus. It's, I just, his story is just a little bit too, it's too far-fetched for me that Highburn with all of his spells and things wouldn't have like seen right through that. I don't know. It just, it was yeah, weird. Especially him being like a human. Like, it's not like he's that yeah, like, why are you, you're not that important. You don't know anything that's going on. Like, you don't need yeah. to be saved. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of strange. And I didn't, I, I like the idea of them having like an inside man that isn't Tamlin and him helping, but it was just, it was too much for me. It was just too much. Yeah. So basically, you know, they get there and they're like, well, you need to help all the people. And he's like, I'm an asshole and will only help the rich, <laughs> the rich people. And they're like, well, you're you're gonna die this whole interaction was so awkward and then I just broke my heart with like everything that happened with Elaine and it's just like let's continue to traumatize her and trigger her but we're fine we're gonna win this war and they're like it's the cost of war and I'm like cool I don't like so we get there's like a couple things that happen in between blah 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 battle scene etc etc there's a lot of talk about Nesta building up her powers and like learning how to shield herself and then they're like oh no the wall came down (sighs) we should have like definitely gone there it's like one day could have made a difference we talk about that all the time like one extra day could have made a difference and you're like oh please I just thought that was so dramatic with the whole wall and like Nesta learning her powers thing and then Nesta doesn't do anything the whole book there's never a point where she like Mm -hmm. does she like releases her power the one time with Hybrid but it has nothing to do with like the spells that she was learning with Amran and all that so that felt a little overkill to me like the idea of their friendship and everything they were doing was great but it's like then nothing came of it like you guys just like you, you guys lied to each other and stabbed each other in the back as friends. Nesta just like called the cauldron and then fucked some real straight up and blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. the battle scene, I had to reread this. The second battle scene that they're in where they're like pacing on top of the hill with more and Cassian's about to die. And Feyre thinks internally, oh, I need to go to the cereal. And then the next line is like, absolutely not. And then, then more is like, you lied to me. That scene is written very poorly. Did you kind of yes. feel the same way? Because mm-hmm. I thought she was saying absolutely not to her being like, going to the cereal I didn't realize that she had lied and not said anything at all and just was encouraging more to go into battle mm-hmm. right was that yeah. just me I, it was it was strange it was awkward you don't know that Cassian's like you know that like they're struggling but you don't know that like Cassian is hurt yet you don't find that out until she gets back but how did you feel about this whole I am not gonna lie I cried more when the cereal died than I did <laughs> anyone else got hurt other than you know obviously I was upset with the whole Cassian thing but like I if you ever look up any kind of like Nessian fan art that whole like the only regret I have is that we didn't have more time is the only thing you ever see so like I've read that a million times so I knew that was gonna happen so that was a a surprise but the surreal I was I was not okay and I was just like he was like you were so kind to me and just like it was nice to have like some kindness in my life and I was like he just he just wants to gossip and drink tea and like have friends and have nice clothes. I agree. I'm just, this part made me, I don't know, confused, I think. So she catches him and obviously he dies. And then she doesn't like, catch him though. He just like shows up. Sorry. 
They like have right? their chat. Yes. They like have their chat or whatever. And then at the end after, I don't even know where to start. Cause I have so many thoughts about the scene all the way to the end. He's like, I knew they were tracking me. What was the point though? Like if you knew they were tracking you, like, was it just so she could kill Ianthe? But it's like, there was a choice. There was a point that like, she maybe wasn't going to be able to kill all the soldiers and Ianthe. You know what I mean? Like that just didn't make sense to me. It's like, you basically walked yourself to your death for no reason. So what they could, that hopefully Feyre could kill them too. You know what I mean? Like that part was really confusing to me. Cause it's like, if you knew they were tracking her and you knew you weren't going to have enough time to like explain everything, it didn't really make sense for why you sacrificed yourself versus like, just take the cloak off and move on. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that seems really weird to me. I think it was just to kill Anthe was the whole like, yeah, but of, like this was, is how she's going to die. Was it? Okay. And like, and then her being like that close to the weaver's cottage, like, is that, was that the serial saying like, I hope you're smart enough to like feed him to the weaver. I don't know that, that, that scene kind that of didn't so make dark. sense to me. Yeah. I like <laughs> so that. Dark. I like that. I'm like, that is a, that is a good end to Anthe. Yeah. And her name is Striga. I did not know that her name was Striga. We were talking about this, how she looks like so well, she's she is a streaker like <laughs> she is yeah 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 I yeah. realize that now so and if yeah, you don't know what we're talking about watch the first season of the witcher I don't know I was just it just felt very far-fetched to me and I was confused by it and like I get that this serial had to die so like she could feel more trauma and all these things and we can't like keep using it as an out you know for her when she doesn't have answers to questions but it was just really strange I was like did you meet did you hope to meet here under like in the middle, right? In the middle. Did you hope to meet here so that she would feed them to the weaver? Like, is that what the serial was hoping for? Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. He knew that she was tracking her, so probably. Exactly. So that part yeah. was kind of weird to me. I was like, okay, well, you knew that she he was He probably already her. saw Ianthe's death, so in his That's own. True. So he was probably like, all right, well, we got to meet here because I'm going to die and it's going to be shitty and, you know, here we go. Yeah. But I, I don't know that. Yeah, but I was sad. I was very it was, sad. It's I cried. so sad. What a sad scene. I cried. <laughs> I cried. I was like, that's so sad. And so Elion finds her and they like go back to the battle. This whole, let's just banging out in the tent while people are screaming and crying and dying is just not okay with me. This is very just, I know you're like, the motions are heightened and you're just like a hot mess right now. And it's just like, you're like bloody and gross and sad uh, and angry and it's just and so then at the same time Moore's like you lied to me you're a liar and it's his like, mo- oh our moms and pants drowned out the crying of dead men men dying and I was like what is wrong what why why is that this is this is very dusty dead duchess scene to me absolutely absolutely I just didn't I don't like her and Morris fight it's so petty and she's like you can't face your own problems it's like oh wow real mature as you say real mature but then more being like you know nothing and it's like everybody knows everything it's just like written plainly all over your toxic faces like move on I just and then their their forgiveness and like chat and her being like well I just didn't want to tell everybody that I'm like bisexual and I prefer girls and my life has just been really hard and it's like yeah I totally understand that but like have a conversation with Azrael about how you don't like him moving on. Like you're allowed to like whoever you want to like, but also not string your friend along for 500 years. For Just 500 tell him years, yeah. you don't have feelings for him. That's it. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. And you can't interact with someone every single day and lead them on like that and not have that conversation. And you don't not like Azrael. And, and also continuously and- traumatize and be toxic and be like, I'm going to fuck this other male and you're going to know about it. And like, she knows that he thinks I'm not worthy of you. And you know yes. what that's doing to him. Like that makes me so angry. And I understand that she's like going through things and she's worried about her reputation. And like, it's not acceptable in this society 
thus far that we know of for her to have these feelings, quote unquote, thus far. But it just maybe like really. But mad. everyone knows that the that the the high lord of the Dawn Courts lover is male as well. So and, it's just like it's not with like Mary. And there are yeah. And uh oh, what's her name? The like one with the weird wing. Yeah. Um I don't know. like this isn't like a shocking no one has really blinked an eye there are mates that are same sex and so it's just like why is this in this 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 is another this is one of the big things in this book that really pissed me off was just like it was such an afterthought because you you get zero indication prior to this book even prior to this moment that more is by you get no indication, none. And she's like, you know, and she's like, I've been trying to hide it and stuff like that. But it's like, you would have some indication. There would be like, like lingering looks. And it, it's so, it's so frustrating. And it's so just like, uh, there's so many things that she could have. And well, it, we also this, like haven't had an opportunity me, for that. Like we haven't had an opportunity to even like, if, if this was something you wanted to foreshadow, that's, that's why I agree with you. Like it's an afterthought because if this is something you wanted to foreshadow, then you would have been more than just like, oh yeah, I spent a lot of time at Rita's. Cause there's a lot of us there that are bi and lesbian. And it's like, yep. that's, that's not, that's not why no. you spend time there. That's not why that's such an afterthought. No one would yeah. have been like, oh yeah, it's so true. We're so aware that Rita is like the, the haven for. And if that was the case, they would have known the inner court would have known. And I guarantee and it's just like so frustrating. And it's so just like, it's so, it's so cringy to me because it, again, it's such an afterthought. Like it is, it is such an afterthought of like, well, I'm being like called out for, um, not being inclusive and not being diverse. And so I'm just going to like slap this label on, on more and, you know, and just, it just, it pisses me off. It makes, it's, it's, it's so fucking rude. Like, honestly, like it's so disrespectful and it makes me so angry. No, I totally and agree. And it's like, it's done if, so you're, poorly. if you're going to write diverse people, POVs, lives, etc., do your fucking research. Yep. It is not, it is, it is not a person of color's job to do that for you and, and, and inform you and educate you. It is your job as a writer and as a person in general to take the time and educate yourself. There are so many resources online and books, etc. everything. There's so much information and ways to educate yourself on these topics. Yes, it takes more time. Yes, you're investing more time in this and it's going to take longer to release a book. But you know what? It's it's so fucking disrespectful to do what she did. It it it's it this is the one thing in this book that I mean literally sent me over the edge and I was just like I I had to set it down for a while. I was like yeah. I can't I can't even after that moment I was just like I I, I, it made me so angry. It made me so angry. And it's well, just and it's like, not like even, it's like one of those things that is a big character plot for more, but it's also not really brought up that much again, except for in these like very snide commenty things where it's like, oh, I'm the only one that knows about it. So like, I have to keep this to myself, you know? And it's yeah, not like, and it's, and it wasn't a big plot point before it's just like, after it's done, it's not a huge portion of it but it also is like just this way to give more like more internal struggle and like issues that she has and things like that and it's just the way that they're handled and the way that like their maturity is displayed in all of this is just so juvenile and childish and honestly like disappointing just just, like do your research and 
and it's it doesn't have to be it's not it's, like an iconic part of Moore's character like that shouldn't be oh. her undying personality trait from here forward you know what I mean well and that's the thing and that's what everyone makes it that's what everyone makes it her like personality and that's just a part of who she is and that's that's a huge that's such a huge again this is do your research educate yourself take the time to not be disrespectful to these people. So disrespectful to the communities, to your writers, to your characters. Like it just, I, I could go on and on, but it just, it made me so angry. If you're, if you're going to include diversity, if you're going to be diverse as you, you should do the work. Yep. It's that I simple. Agree. Do the work. Do the and work. It just, it's such a weird conversation because it's another Nesta and Amran situation where it's been 500 years and apparently the only people who can ask real questions and are willing to have any level of communication are the Artron sisters. And that honestly is such bullshit for a bunch of people who claim to be yep. closer than brothers and closer than sisters. And just like the, the family that they wanted to build, they can't even have a conversation about what Amran eats and why she, you know, like why more <sighs> strings Cassie and, and Azriel along for the last 500 mm-hmm. years. Like you can't even have that conversation but you're so close. Like it just, it's mind boggling to me that you're going to write a found family. And I understand that like, there's always going to be drama and things like that. And obviously like her and Cassie, and I think their relationship is probably the healthiest of all of them. And their communication is probably the best of all of them. Like they know each other so well. And like, he did something for her because he knew like what she was going through and what she didn't want in her life, which was to be betrothed to a creep. But like, that's fine. That's a level of toxicity we can all deal with. You guys slept together 500 years ago. You did something for each other. And now you're great friends. That's the level of toxicity I'm willing to deal with. But the going behind her back and inviting her father in that Reese and her have, and the not being able to have conversations and her and Amarin and they're like petty bullshit. Like, it's just, it's not, this isn't a family you chose and you want to keep. If you guys can't have one conversation about how you make Azriel feel that he's worthless, mm-hmm. that's not fair. Yeah. No, it's not fair to him. And it's just like, and the, the thing, okay. The thing that I love, the thing that I love so much about Nesta and the thing that pisses me off about the people that don't like Nesta is Nesta is the only one who's willing to have these conversations and call everyone on their shit. And everyone's like, she's a bitch. I'm like, no, she's not. I mean, she can't say it. She can't be a bitch. Like, let's be honest, but She's the only one that's actually communicating anything except for, you know, Feyre and Reese communicate down the bond, but that's all, you know, and then it's all fucking shady and stuff, but it's just like, and it just, it makes me mad. It just like, again, this whole like more scene and this whole like trauma of this and this whole, like, I mean, we could go into the whole like diversity and we could have a whole episode on this, you know what I mean? But it's just take the time. It's yeah, not these people. It's not people part of that are a part of these groups and a part of, um, you know, people of color, um, people within the LGBTQ, et cetera. And these different, you know, groups of people, it's not their job to educate you. So don't be fucking disrespectful and not educate yourself and then just fling it in there as a fucking afterthought. It's fucking rude. So, and like, it just, it's like, we were talking about lying and not communicating. And then you're going to switch the conversation to like my sexuality. And I just felt like that was yeah. such a weird transition mm-hmm. between the two of them. And like, I, I like their relationship as far as her being very like sister type figure to Feyre and all that kind of things. But it was just weird. It was a weird conversation. It's a weird way to put things. And then she's just like, I was so fearful. I was never going to see you again. Blah, blah, blah. Then we kind of get further on 
we've still like talked about. Oh Harvard yeah. Again. Because they're saving Elaine, right? The whole right. saving Elaine moment. So her and Az go and save Elaine because she was kidnapped by the King of Highburn. This was very, I felt like this moment was only in here to prove that Tamlin was on their side. That was like the only reason this scene was in there. Yeah. They are clever. I like the way it's set up. I like that Mm -hmm. it's, you know, that she's like, I'm going to go into Xanthi and blah, blah, blah. I hate this idea of, this is just like a personal preference. I just hate this idea that they're like, power isn't limitless and I know that's like the rules of magic and stuff but it's just exhausting to like read about it because you're like you know something's gonna go wrong because they don't Mm -hmm. have enough power and it's like oh I just hate that for the characters in general but yeah I like the way this is kind of set up and you get to see we get finally get a mention of like what Asriel's actual powers are of like shifting into shadow and things like that Mm -hmm. and her saving Elaine and all those things were you shocked by Tamlin? What were your, what was your, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. Thoughts on that. I was like, oh, here's Tamlin. I mean, I was kind of surprised that he like came out of nowhere because I didn't expect him to be there, I guess. But I was like, okay, okay. I get that. But again, it also said, you know, Moore's like, I had to just tell you because I thought I would never see you again. I've known you for 20 minutes and I'm going to tell you my deepest, darkest secret, but my best friend who I haven't, who I've known for over 500 years, I didn't think I was going to see him again, ever again, but I can't be honest with him. That I could never, I could never be honest with him. That's too much effort. It's too hard. I'm just like, as almost died. I have like literally. Yeah. Go ahead. I have a thought about Tamlin and his redemption arc. I know this is kind of jumping ahead to like what happens at the very end, but let's talk about that really quickly. So there's this debate about whether Tamlin deserves a redemption arc or not. I'm going to say it right now. This book, he got it. Moving on. Like him defending her and say, and like revealing to the King of Highburn that he is a double crosser. And then him going to Byron and saying like, you need to get on the battlefield and join us. And then him sort of like helping them in the final battle. And then when Brees dies, him being like, be happy, Pharaoh. That's his redemption arc. Moving on. Tamlin did what he was going to do. He That's his way of apologizing because he's a man. He doesn't know how. I think that's Sarah's way of writing that like he can do good things. And that should be the end of it. You guys can vaguely be acquaintances with Tamlin when you have to meet him at meetings. But what they do in A Court of Frost and Starlight gives me the fucking rage because yep. I understand that like yep. Tamlin did some shitty things, but mm-hmm. Reese and Asriel and even Cassian at this point and yep. more and every and, and Amran and Helion and all of them have done shady things that hurt each other, have done stuff that is like not safe for work. You're and mad at other this- high Lords for not forgiving you for what you did under the mountain but you can't forgive Tamlin. He's like, I just can't forgive what he did to you. I understand that. That's fine. You cannot, you cannot forgive him inside your head, but also he, he did what he could to redeem himself. That was his redemption arc. I don't know if Tamlin necessarily deserves to like have someone that we need to read about. Like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. Move on. It's been three books. Nobody cares anymore. Tamlin did Mm -hmm. a nice thing for you. He tried to be there for you. He did what he thought was right. He, he helped you guys win the war. And mm-hmm. you're telling, you're acting like he's still the villain and that's not fair. He mm-hmm. already got his redemption arc. So I don't understand what this big debate is about because just because he doesn't get someone to fuck does not mean that he didn't get redeemed. And in, yep. in, in my mind, he, he's yeah. redeemed. Be happy, Feyre, that line right there. Okay. All right. Tamlin's not the shithole we thought he was. He obviously has some issues he needs to work out. Moving on. Because this he doesn't the, have a girlfriend. The whole, the whole not- line of the whole line of, oh, let's not communicate any of our emotions. 
You know what I mean? What is a redemption arc for Tamlin for you or that you think people like want? I feel like people want him to end up with people someone. Want, and that's- people want a book for him. They want him. They want a uh, a mate and uh, this and a that. And that's whatever. But, but that's like, not redemption. Like for no, me, getting no. someone to fall in love with you or whatever, that's not that's not redeeming your character or that's not like no. what you get for being a better person. Like you don't get a girlfriend yep. because you're, or whatever. You don't get someone to, to, to be a part of your life just because you're a better person. Like you need to work on you and that's that. But I think mm-hmm. his character arc, he redeemed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah, his redemption arc, his redemption arc shouldn't be like, I get to be nice enough to now. not, to like, not have <laughs> a rage problem. Like he, he like just... fixes himself so well that he doesn't like blow up rooms with people in it. Yeah. That's not a redemption. His redemption is to Feyre and he arced himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just, do people not understand that? That's kind of how I feel. So that like, yeah. really, I think that really, like, that really ticks me off. People just want a book for Tamlin. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me mad. Like his character is redeemed for me, but then we get to, and we'll talk about this next week, but we get into a, frost, a court of Frost and Starlight and that, the way that he is treated these characters it are different people me, in that. It made me very mad. Anyways, you know, I've got these battles and they're like, we need to find the cauldron and we need to find the King of Highburn so we can bring the war to him. So how did you feel about this last battle? So we're going to go into this last battle scene, you know, and more and Farah and Nesta and Elaine are like, we're going to run to the cauldron and, you know, all this stuff. And then with the whole like Illyrians getting blasted out of the sky, that was very sad to me. Very sad to me. I was, I was very sad at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking brutal. I would like a map of how this went down because they were like, we just skirted the edge. And I was like, I have a feeling that that would be difficult even if you were invisible, mm-hmm. but okay. The connection between, mm, we forgot to talk about this. The connection between Cassian and Nesta. Uh-huh. And how it's, obviously we know, spoiler alert for the rest of the series. Obviously we know now that they're mates, but there is a scene in there that I genuinely had the fucking rage for. And it's the scene where Cassian gets hurt and Nesta comes up and is like, it's his, the first time he gets hurt in the very first battle. And oh, with, with more. Oh, and, and she's like helping him or whatever. And he holds her hand and he's like trying to be really gentle. And they're like clearly having this moment and more walks in. He like rips his hand away. And it's like, okay, I understand it's because Cassian has a swagger, but his relationship with more. And they have said this multiple times is not sexual since the 500 years. So it pisses me off that Sarah wrote this as like a digression of Nesta's character and a digression of Cassian's character for the clout and the drama of being like, oh yeah, this might be a love triangle, but it's not because him and War have never had sexual feelings. So that really pissed me off because it's out of character for Cassian to have ever done that. And it comes up a lot yeah. in the, in Akasif, but like, it just makes me so angry. That part really pissed me off because it was so irrelevant. It's like, mm-hmm. so you're doing this just to make Nesta mad. And you're doing this yep. to create this like tension between her and Moore for no reason, because Moore yep. has no feelings for Cassian. She and admits Moore this three treats later. Nesta like, like shit. Like shit. And I'm like, fuck you, Moore. I, I'm just going to say it right now. I don't like Moore. I'm just going to say it right now. I know a lot of people really love her, but I think she's such a toxic character. Yep. She has a lot of trauma. She, that, that's, and that's fine, but she refuses to deal with it. She treats people like shit. She leads Azrael on and makes him feel so like garbage. She treats Cassian like shit, but also leads him on. Treats Nesta like shit because she can't fucking deal with her own fucking feelings. Like, yep. She is such a toxic, she's an alcoholic again, because she can't deal with her feelings. She runs away from everything. Like she, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a more stand. And I, I get, I haven't got to act as if so many dishes like better, but like, I, she's she's such a toxic person. At this point, I just like, I I can't 
with her. This she's is just very, like a fun like, drunk friend with like lots of mm-hmm. emotional problems. And that's fine if you want to have that iconic person. But her and Cassian don't ever have the relationship. It's like she's never yeah. just going to walk in and like judge Cassian for who mm-hmm. he's sleeping with or who he decides to be with. So the fact that like he rips his hand out of out of Nesta's hand was so it's very out, out of character. character. Yeah. And then it's like, I understand where you're coming from. But again, what we just said, why, why yeah. do we have to add on the emotional baggage? So that really was irritating to me. And then we get also, to- why is she mad? Why is she mad at Nesta? Why? No idea. Right. Do you like Cassian? No. Are you happy? Are you upset that they're, that they're mates? No. Like, is it have anything to do with you? No. Also, I have a question. I have, I have a question. I, I have a question. Um, this whole mate bond. So it's very obvious, very, very obvious that Cassian and Nesta are like mates. Right. And Fair was like, I don't understand why they're just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. And everyone else is like, they're mates. So has this, is this like another Nesta iron will thing where she's like fighting against being his mate? Again, I haven't got to Axis, so I don't know. Is she like fighting against being his mate or has the mating bond not like snapped into place? Is that like not a thing or so, is it like, because Lucian and Reese, there's like snapped into place, but they're like high face. So is that why? Like, I don't, I'm very confused. So Lucian knows that like Elaine's his mate, but like their bond hasn't snapped into place. Yeah. So he's like aware of it. So I think they're both aware of it and they're not willing to admit it to each other. So yeah, this comes, yes, it is a Lucian and Elaine thing and Akasif and that'll be a big like plot point of the whole thing. But I think they both, it's, it's the same as Feyre. Like they feel it, but it hasn't like happened. Like they haven't accepted it yet. Got it. So they both got feel it. it. And I don't think Nesta really knows what it is yet. And that's kind of the because, issue. Okay. Cause you've got like, okay. When Reese found out that Pharaoh was his mate, he like fucking panicked and like went out of there like real quick. And yeah. then when Lucian found out Elaine was his mate, he was like, <gasps> mate. Like it was just like very dramatic. And yeah. with like Cassian, he's just like, I don't know. Like, it's very like, I don't know. Like, it's not, it's not very dramatic. And maybe it's just because Cassian is just like, but like, (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's what it is, but it's like, um, and maybe because he understands Nesta more as far as like, she's not gonna, she's not going to react well to him being like, you know, follow her around like a puppy dog kind of a situation. I don't know. But I was just very confused at the whole, like, why is Farah like, the whole book she's like I don't understand like I just like don't get and everyone's like they're mates like everyone else is another like fair is just very like she's very self-absorbed so I guess it doesn't really you know that's probably why but anyways that was my that was my little rant (laughs) I just don't understand like conceptually I'm not sure what's happening or like why this is the way that people are and just the fact that it's so like cloak and daggers and her and him and his and Moore's relationship is just it's nothing like what it was so that really made me mad but then we get into the battle scene and she's like Cassian Cassian and I'm like you didn't even like like like, you were pissed at him I know it's just like I understand that it's it's because they're like you know he's gonna die or whatever but that scene just pissed me off because we haven't had any chance for them to like kind of reconnect again Mm-hmm. And I was just like super irritated with the way that this, that is, a, this is a very Lorcan moment where she's like, I hope you die. And then he almost dies. She's like, okay, I'm coming to save you. I'm so sorry about that. I'll be right back. I'm on my way. I just can't. Um, so then obviously they're, you're like, okay, so the four of them can like break down the cauldron. Awesome. And then it's like, oh no, Elaine's like too scared. Oh no. Nesta's like having a breakdown. Okay. So it's just you and me. Let's go girly girl. And again, yeah. this wasn't really explained. And then all of a sudden it was like, 
it was that. And then it was like, we're not going to have enough time. And then da, 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 here comes their fault. I cried. I cried in this moment. They're like, who is this? Like, who are these people? And they like see Dracon. And I, this made me so mad. They're like, hey, you couldn't find us because the magic was like too good. And you just like, couldn't see us on the Island. And I was like, that's what happened. That you didn't see them show up. Like the magic is so that's good what, that nobody noticed that you were there. They're like, oh, we heard through the grapevine. And I'm like, I don't understand. So if someone shows up, you don't see them. Like, isn't this, this isn't a one-way mirror. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, the magic's so good. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, is this not, this to me it was, felt. It was very bad. This? It was what? very, it was very like, she didn't want to go into it and like create another story. She couldn't have been like, oh, they were actually going, I don't know, help the humans on the continent or like, it's some random, you know, something else but like it was just very I don't know and so she (laughs) they show up and they're like flapping around and like hanging out and then Dracon is like yeah it's the prince of merchants and I was like oh it's their dad and I cried in this moment I will I will not lie I did cry oh he went away to build an army for them and all these things and you like see Vasa and Lucian and um and like Jurian and like the human army and everything. And they're like, we've got a chance. Let's go now. And so they like dip out, right? To the cauldron, Amran and Amran and Farah. How did you feel about this? Like Amran being like, oh, fuck. so sorry. Uh, like, <laughs> I just don't, right before that, previously, we kill the bone carver and the weaver in like a minute. Like, and it's real I, quick. I get and it I love how Briaxis is just like, Oh, how did you feel about this reveal? This reveal was so fucking cringy to me. And they're like, she's like, I have a, I have a, I have a gift for you. And she like reveals Briaxis and the bone carver. And he's like, oh, you beat me to it. I have a gift for you too. And then he shows the weaver. And I'm like, this was the most cringy moment. I didn't get you a mating gift. No, you didn't get me a mating gift. No, I didn't get you a mating gift. I was like, oh, shut up. Shut up. So gross. Anyways. Yeah. The bone carver dies real quick. So, okay, I, I understand it because they're like, we can't release him technically because they wouldn't let him out of the prison. They put him in a high fae body, which I understand that. But also like, what was the point of him then? Because he's just another high yeah. fae like fighting. Same with the Weaver. I thought she was supposed to be like so all powerful and she's not. They're both like death gods. Then release them out of their bodies and like let them rain upon, you know? It's like if Braxis could the be fact, fear incarnate. The fact that the Weaver is this like all terrifying creature and everyone's terrified of her and she's like this all powerful and she just gets her neck broken. That's how she goes. That, and she gets, like, ripped to pieces by, like... Yeah, this is what I wanted to say. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no you're fine. I, I agree. I just feel like it, it was just so weird because they're like, oh, he's in a high fae body. Okay, great. But, like, then to get him out of the, the prison, he's in a high fae body. But after he's out of there, get him out of his high fae body and let him wreak havoc. Because what was the point of having these three all-powerful beings if they're not allowed to do anything? Like, if they can't... So I was like, that was really unconvincing. Also, I hate that they were like, go look in this mirror, which the the name of the mirror, that symbol of the snake eating its, this is her just with like piss poor, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah, plagiarism. That yep. symbol is what it's called. Whatever the mirror is called, I'm not gonna pronounce it because I don't speak fucking Latin. But whatever that symbol is of the, ta- of the snake eating itself, that is what the, the name of the mirror is. That's yeah. what that symbol is in real life. So like, okay, we get it. Obviously that's the symbolism behind that. Is that like you're, you're willing to destroy yourself for the greater good mm-hmm. or for like what you want out of life. And you're not willing yeah. to face whatever. I was like, Oh my God, good storytelling there, Sarah. Thanks for just explaining what this fucking phrase means in the real world. Thank you. That's really creative of you. I really <laughs> like that. 
and then we get there and it's like the bone car is not even relevant and he's like and then she's pissed she's like you just wanted me to see and he's like yeah i wanted to see if you were worthy and she's like how dare you and it's like what do you mean how dare i i want to know if you're saying he's gonna go to war bag yeah he's gonna go to war for you and you're like you wanted to see if i was worthy yeah i'm gonna absolutely did i'm gonna go die for you i want to just double check that you've got all your marbles in a row Feyre. yeah she's like my inner soul was this like scaly furry wolf and i was like First of all, none of that makes any sense. Mm-mm. Second of all, good for you. And they're like, people go insane because they can't handle that they have too small a penis. And I was like, mm, nice, <laughs> good, awesome. Keep on keeping on. This is some fucking great descriptions. Get a little less creative, why don't you? I just, that scene yeah. really made me mad. You know, like I was just like, whatever. So then, you know, and then he gets destroyed by the cauldron. So that was fine because like, obviously it's a blast of like really powerful energy. But the weaver really pissed me off because- mm-hmm. She's supposed to be this all-powerful being. And she like literally lets Hybern walk up to her and put his hands on her face. And it's like, are you fucking joking? Kill him, end the book, moving on. Nope. Yep. Snap. Oopsies. Yep. I digress. Yeah. yeah. Amarin's, this part pissed me off too. So we get there and, and I'm just angry about this whole book. Amarin's like, sorry, I lied to you. You're going to die. Bye. And then she's like, just kidding. You're not going to die. I'm going to hop in the cauldron. Ha ha ha. And I was like, what the fuck? And this whole like dramatic, all of a sudden Varian shows up. Like how did Varian get, what did the, what, what, again with the just like fire descriptions. What the fuck is she? What is she? So we like, thought that no... she was a dragon, but then they were like, she has feathered wings. So this is why everybody thinks she's an angel because she has like a halo of light around her. But my argument for this is like, if we're going with SJM's world as a whole, Hunt and the Asteria and all, they're not that powerful. They're not. And no. they didn't come from rips in the world and all those things. Like they're killable. Spoiler alert, they, they die. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't make sense to me that like the most powerful thing in this entire universe of Perithian would be an angel. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. And she's not a phoenix, but she has like feathered wings. And the, yeah, Draken's army to me is the angels in this because they're yeah. called ser- Seraph seraphim or whatever yeah seraphim and that is like the biblical term like that's a that's a latin greek whatever like again with the plagiarism creativity like that's angelic that that's what that means so (laughs) i I just like have a lot of problems with the the info in here like some things are so inaccurate and it's the descriptions like it just leaves you guessing and it's just like whatever yeah i don't know yeah i was just like okay that's the only description that's the only description we get of what she well and also why would she have was. silver eyes if she was an angel like i just it doesn't i don't know it doesn't it makes like, no sense to me and then she just like flutters into nothing and i'm like so she's this all-powerful being and then she just flutters into nothing this is another thing that's like the limitations on their power seems so no it's not odd. the limitations on their power like, the only other person who has a quote-unquote limit on their power that you see is like reese when he dies Every other one is a woman who loses her power every single time. Like, well, no, they were saying like when they were winnowing everyone into like the other side of the battlefield and stuff like that, that they were, that they were like getting tired and things. So mm-hmm. it's just like that idea of, of them being like, there's a limit. And it's like, okay, I understand like moving on. It's just stupid. Yeah. Like, you just don't need to point it out. Yeah. But the, the, the change from, it's just like, Amarin's like, okay, put your hands on the cauldron and, and say this. And she's like, okay, are you going to put your hands on? And Amarin's like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Just give me one minute. I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to close the book real, real quick. Hold on. But you do it. You start. Cause we got to start. And then she's like, ha sucker. I'm going to kill you. And then she it's like, is, it's like, who are you? Transported Winston? into Nesta's mind. And then I'm like, who <laughs> the fuck are you? Winston Bishop? Is this like a prank that no one told you about? 
And then she's like holding on. Yeah, of course. And then we have to go to the scene where we have to see Nesta do it. So it has to make sense that she like flew to the cauldron and like that little chip that was in Nesta's heart that is the cauldron you have to go see. And that whole scene is so fucking dramatic. And oh my god, you know, Kirsten cried because somebody died and Cassie and I didn't, like I didn't cry in that part. Again, this is the one part. Well, okay, I did cry when her dad died. That was really yeah. sad. But when again with the snapping of the necks, and then you've got like Cassie and is like telling Nessa to run and he's like getting the Evelyn beat out of him and then she tries to blast the king of hybrid away and then she's trying to like protect his body and they're like he's like but I'm never regret this we didn't have time and it's very dramatic and then um you know he like comes up and again with the creativity Elaine shoves truth teller <laughs> through the king of hybrid's neck so she couldn't handle people dying but she can come up behind the king of hybern and stab him in the back of the neck the fact that she is can't even control like she's puking she's like having an extreme panic attack but she's able to have the the like presence of mind to stab the king of hybern through the neck and then nesta glops his head off but and then she's like i didn't make the killing blow and it's like but you did he would have died this is an afterthought this is an afterthought (laughs) This is an Ari from Game of Thrones killing the uh, Night King. The Night King, right? Is it the Night King? It's gotta be. The little ice dude at the very end. It's just like comes out of nowhere. It makes sense. We all knew that something like very dramatic was going to happen, but it's just like, no one's super shocked by it, but we also just don't love it. Like we wanted someone else to be the one to do that. So I just, this part is so weird. And then Vera says it a couple of times. She's like, they never told me about what happened. I'm not going to push them to. And it's like, oh, this is what you're not going to push them to tell you. Oh, okay, good. I'm so glad that we've understood boundaries after having a war. I really appreciate the maturity, Feyre. Thanks for growing up. But then, you know, Feyre's like fucking dying. Like she's about dead. And Amron's like, oh God, all right, I'll jump in. Give me a minute. Hold my jacket. You know, like it was just so weird. Like she literally initially was going to let her die. And mm-hmm. then Farrah's like, dude, are you going to let me die? And she's like, I guess if you're asking, you're like, hold my jacket and I'll like hop on in and I'm going to unleash myself. That's what I was supposed to do this whole time. But like, I just wanted to see how long it would take you to die. You know, it was mm-hmm. so weird. You're she's like, like, I thought you would be able to do it, but since you can't, I guess I'll help now. And so that happens. And then Amran goes off into the sunset into her little stardust. And then the cauldron just goes crack, cracks open like a fucking egg. And Reese like comes up or whatever. And how did you feel about Reese's whole like beastie, beasting out situation and Helion's whole like beasting out and like, let's have a magic war on the battlefield. So I know that Tamlin's power is shape-shifting and like he had said that, you know, his inner self or whatever is beast. My question is, do all the High Lords have that? Or is it just I that think two so. of them? Because- I think it's all of them. Right, because, or or is it like, Tamlin and the solar quartz that didn't really I I liked it because I was like oh this is cool and I like that she's finally giving this description Uh and like it makes sense but it's like is it only the solar because Helion is the day court not the dawn which would be the exact opposite of the night court Mm -hmm. thinking like I think they all can I think so too but it's because I think I think Reese mentions that they all have the ability to like shift that description for all of them I don't know but anyways and so Darkwind is a mermaid (laughs) <laughs> just saying just, it's like a big there. like a like a sea dragon like <laughs> yeah, I'm just that's definitely what he would look like I'm just yep. gonna say it. she's like Reese help me I need to patch up this like 
this thing. And she's like, and his power is almost gone, but I'm going to take the rest of it. Like, did she not put two and two together that it would kill him? She's like, his mind was blocked. So I couldn't know. And I'm like, were you, were you did you really not put two and two together? Are you that dense? I'm, are you really? Again, with the foreshadowing, I appreciate it. But also it was just one of those ones where you're like, um, does this surprise? It? Well, and she's like, we destroyed the cauldron. Uh-oh. Uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh! in the world, and they're they're being like, "Oh, we have to put it back together. We have to put it back together. Oh my gosh, do we have to put it? You know, it was just like such a stupid exchange. And then she's mm-hmm. like, "He's at the bottom of his power." It's like, well, then use Vassian too, or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, why don't all three of you do it? Why doesn't someone else pop up here and come help us? Like, you didn't have to mm-hmm. kill him if he was a conduit. Which I hate that word. I just like to say that if he's a <laughs> conduit, then like use as many people as you need to use. Like just grow up. I don't know. That part just mm-hmm. really made me mad. And then I'm really tired of the, like, as soon as they die, we're going to give them powers and resurrect them trope. Like you can't mm-hmm. do that twice in a series. I'm sorry. You don't get to do that. It's the whole like full circle. Like you said, Tamlin arc of like in the first one, it was Tamlin begging Reese to save Farah, And now it's Farah begging Tamlin to save Reese. And that's like the whole like full circle. Oh, no I was just like cringe why did we have to kill him that was very depressing and then and like that thing is so heart-wrenching you're like so sad and she's like I just didn't like see any heartbeat and then she's like I could just see that scene in my head of her like sobbing over his dead body and that Mm -hmm. was so sad and I like appreciate it and again I said this earlier but that to me is Tamlin's redemption arc him being like be happy Feyre I want you to be happy and it's like that's a good that's a good way to end his character. Move on. I'd love to never see Tamlin again. Okay, thanks. Bye. I am not going to lie. I cried more when the surreal died than when Reese died. <laughs> I was just like, oh. You know that, that Reese is going to come back, obviously. And so you're like, okay. So, you know, there's that. And then they're like, we're going to go to my old father's estate. And, or no, did they bury their father first or something like that? Or just like casually light him on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah ashes this in the wind yep and then uh they go it's back to their oldest they go back to their old estate and they argue a little bit more and then they this is where you first meet vasa like actually meet her and i really like her you know they still haven't figured out how to break the curse you've made the connection that this death god is striga and the bone carver's brother right Yes. Okay. Yeah, they talk about it. The bone cover says it's her brother. Yeah, but like they, he's there. No one else has like figured this out. That what? No one else has like mentioned this because he says it. He's like, oh yeah, that's their brother. He's in the lake. Right. It was so obvious immediately. They're like, yeah, some death god in a lake. I'm like, okay, so the bone carver and the weaver's brother. Right. But I feel like the, the inner circle hasn't realized it. Do you know what I mean? Or if they have, they like, haven't said it out loud. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, she comes to her. I didn't like that. She came to her and was like very presumptuous about it. It was like, or when Jurian is like, well, if Hyper was still alive, he probably could break the curse. And she's like, okay, so thanks for making me feel bad that I saved our whole world. And he's like, I'm just throwing that out there. I was like, okay, that was rude. But if they, if she could make a deal with bone carver, I'm hoping this is what happens. Like, as we get further on, it's like, if she can make a deal with the bone carver and the weaver, then like, you can definitely make a deal with his brother. Right. That's kind of how in the there. very beginning of the series, they're like, never make a deal. And, and Farrah's like, you get a deal. You get a deal. You get a deal. I just, I have that a- part was so weird to me. I was like, do you guys not like realize that this is the brother of all the people that you've just made like deals with and made friends with over the last very, like, three books? Very obvious. Yeah. Just wanted to double check. Just wanted to think. Immediately. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyways, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> see what I need to see? So, you know, they have this meeting, everyone kind of fights over boundary lines and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you all just barely survived. So maybe like, and stop fighting for like a minute. And then they all just kind of go back. And that's really, that's really kind of the end of it. Unless I forgot something, I probably did. Bargain at the very end with Feyre and Reese. Did you catch that? If you die, I die. I don't, I don't remember reading that as a bargain when I read it the first time. And then she's got like another tattoo and I was on her other arm. Right. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was silly. And it, it just like, is so. This is, I have like a toothache from how sweet the two of them are and how much they love each other and like all of their like just intense feelings for each other. I have an eye twitch from it. I'm just very over it. over it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I do like the, I think the ending of this is just fine. Just American fine. Mm -hmm. Here we are. Bargain's done. Let's like start another book and we'll. Oh, Briaxis is gone. We'll find him later. (laughs) One day. We'll just like go check on him. We'll just like leave these people to rot and die. Next. Yeah, it's very cringy. It, obviously there's a next book, but I just felt like there was a weird conclusion to the story. You're like, okay, so yeah. well, what about like Elaine and, and Lucian and what about Nesta and Cassian mm-hmm. and what about you know, more yeah. and all her issues? And, and obviously that's going to come up as we keep going, but this book feels like a conclusion to the series and it yeah. is a conclusion to Reese and Feyre's story, but there's very little that I feel like actually gets concluded. And I know that's because yeah, we're going to get more books, but it, it's just written really weird. Like the, the final mm-hmm. battle scene feels very much like very final. Book yeah this could be the end of the series and it's not and so I think that to yeah. me is written really weird and then we get into Akasif Akafasaf Akafas 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 and um yeah. I don't like it okay. nope yep what are your final thoughts my final thought okay I liked Nesta I like the battle scenes I thought the battle scenes were pretty good even albeit very dramatic I did like Helion I like Tarquin obviously still love Lucian I I, I'm not gonna lie I gave it like a 2.5 I don't love it big words Mm -hmm. I'm sorry sorry to everyone who loves it but I gave it a 2.5 I just it's not it's not for me it's not, uh, it is probably my least favorite one of the series. Whoa. So mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, I lied. Acrofast is my least favorite one of the series. <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what yeah, to Yeah, I hate know. it. We talked about this. You can't change your ratings on Goodreads. And I think originally I'd given it like a 3.75 and rounded up to a four on Goodreads. But I don't know. The second time around was just so different for me. I think it's because I didn't have anxiety about what was going to happen next. And like, I knew where it was going to go. I just knowing what was going to happen, like kind of took away the anticipation and the feelings I had for the characters weren't as warm and fuzzy because I knew what was going to happen next. And I just feel like you were saying like, we've matured so much as readers and I've done so much more like deep diving into books too, that I'm more aware of like things that are toxic and things that are poorly done. Like, and it's not even like toxic in real life. It's just like toxic in a book and the characters that are underdeveloped, you know? So I agree. I probably would give it like a Mm, 3.25, 3.25, just because of the nostalgia of like reading it the second time around. And I think it's well-structured as far as the storyline goes. People like things are concluded enough. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just, I, mm, I support my decision. I just, it feels a lot to go from a four to a two, you know? 
Yeah. And I think, again, that's, that's the part of like maturing as a reader and, and recognizing these like super, super like toxic and kind of hypocritical moments um, in this, in these books. Yeah. I just, it was not for me. I don't, this is not, this is, this series is, is so far is definitely not for me. I'm just going to throw that out Kristen, there. At the very beginning of every Sarah J. Masters we do, it's like, this could potentially be a comfort read for me. Like, I think it's okay. It's pretty good. I like it. Nope. Kirsten at the end of every SJM series. I fucking hate it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. There's just a lot of, it's just a lot of like, okay. okay. I'm like, just, I don't know. For me, there are, there are stories out there with better character development, better storytelling. Yeah. She can build a world really well, but she's still very, very vague. And I mean, it's also the plagiarism for me. And then, Oh, there it is. (laughs) And I just like, and her just disrespect and disregard for any sort of diversity. And then when people bring it up, it's like, it's just brushed away or it's just like, thrown in as an afterthought and that that gives me the rage so I totally agree I think her just like lack of changing things as far as like symbolism goes and just straight plagiarizing societies and structures of things and like ideas and stuff like that like really bothers me it's there's so many other ways to just like hint at liking something without straight plagiarizing it which the striga Ospedos or whatever it's called the Ospreys I don't know how to pronounce words we know this that kind of stuff it's like that's literally pulled straight from like Roman and Greek literature and which I get I get that like pulling that from it and saying okay this is this is like we're pulling this and it's a nod this and saying okay this it if someone looks that up you can you know what it is and it's it gives that visual and it gives that that I don't that's whatever that I don't I don't know that's whatever you're just pulling it from that my problem is the oh we're under the mountain and we're um doing tasks and riddles and uh yeah. trying to end this like evil being and blah 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 and then um I don't know the entirety of kingdom of ash sorry I'm that book gives me the fucking rage. But that's my problem is like, if you're going to, if you're going to like make a nod to that kind of symbolism, then change the name. I don't know. It just bothers me. It bothers me that it's straight, the exact same word. You're like, okay, that's fine. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. Again, that's you don't get to like use that and act like it's some, I don't know. It's just, she doesn't have enough like pop culture references that that's not just that's not a reference. That's just straight yeah. like stealing the idea. I'm unwell. So sorry if you like the series and we're just trashing it. But I mean, again, um, we're not here to invalidate anyone's opinions or make anyone feel bad. This is just our thoughts and feelings um, on this series. So again, if you love this series, it is nothing against you. It is, please don't take it personally. This is just, again, our feelings and um you know, our thoughts, which are again, just as valid as yours. So don't come after us for this. I know this fandom is massive, no pun intended, and is intense, but have some respect when people are discussing things. So that's just all I'm going to say. Cause you know, I don't want anyone to fucking lose their damn mind because we had opinions. So do we have any announcements? <laughs> Let's see. So if you guys would like to join the book club, we're starting um, our February read. So please go to the link tree in our bio on both Instagram and the TikTok. So it's a great group of people. We always have so much fun discussing books. We had so much fun discussing the Romance Book Club in January. So if you would like to 
join in on the discussion for our book club, please go to the Discord. Any other announcements, Tatiana? If you guys have not checked it out, check out our brand new Patreon page that just launched this month in February. We are super excited about that. So there's three different tiers there. If you guys want to go ahead and join, there's some bonus content. All of our extra bonus episodes are going to be on there and we'll be doing some happy hours and all kinds of fun stuff kind of throughout the year for our patrons. So if you guys want to join, you guys can check that out. Um, what else? So next week we'll be talking about the hating game, the book versus the movie for our Valentine's day episode. We're super excited to talk about that one. And then we will continue with Akafas and Akasif and then go into Crescent city. <laughs> My expectations are just, you know, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's all we have kind of lined up for the next couple of weeks. If you guys have any suggestions for episodes you want to hear, if you guys have any questions for us, always message us in the uh, TikTok or Instagram DMS. And we would love to chat with you guys in there, but other than that, this was our very passionate, opinionated, passionate episode. So we love you all. Thank you all for joining in. Have a great rest of the week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.